0: What's up, guys? Beer here back in the Fantasy Bar for the final baseball six-pack of the season. I've got five bats for you on Yahoo, all at $20 or below. A starting pitcher with the beer gut is really talking to me about, and my favorite play of the night. Who is it? Belly up to the Fantasy Bar and find out. Welcome back guys. Friday edition beers daily fantasy six pack back here in the fantasy bar once again and for the last time this season giving you six of my favorite plays but don't worry we still got you covered over at Roto Grinders a lot of great information for all your baseball needs and I'll still be available to answer any questions we have but got to start turning the bar over to football season here so wanted to take a minute before we get into things really quickly. And thank the team at Roto Grinders, the guys behind the scenes. Simon, my dog, the best producer in the business. Thank you so much for all the hard work you guys do on these videos. You guys don't see them, and they don't get the pub, but these guys work very hard. So I want to say thank you to them, and a big thank you to all the bar patrons. Without you guys hitting the fantasy bar, there is no fantasy bar, and I realize that. So I wanted to say a big shout-out to everybody who jumps in on the videos, comments on the videos, Has a lot of feedback, even the negative folks. We still save some room for you here at the Fantasy Bar. But, guys, greatly appreciate all the support. Love doing these videos. You guys keep showing up at the Fantasy Bar. I'll keep knocking them out. And, yes, football videos will be starting soon. And if you want to stay tuned for that and stay here at the Fantasy Bar, might have some nice giveaways for you as well. So stay tuned for that. We'll be kicking those off as we get closer to football season. So, again, thank you to everybody. Now, let's get some money in that pocket for football season. Let's start in the outfield with George Springer, $20. So Springer been very consistent here. 14 of the last 15 games this guy's got hits. Six of those are multi-hit games and solid numbers against lefties all season long. You see that Woba over 400, the ISO over 200, so exactly where we want him to be. And a very good fastball hitter. And Mr. Suarez uses that pitch about 47% of the time against right-handed hitters. 475 Holdo and a 346 ISO for George Springer against Fastballs Houston in a tremendous spot here tonight. And Springer too cheap in League this Soft at just $20. Speaking of too cheap and speaking of Houston, let's knock out our catcher position. with Robinson Torinos at the minimum price, just seven dollars. So look through all of his game logs on the season, and this is the cheapest price we've gotten on him all season long at Yahoo. So let's buy low while we can. This guy's been hitting lefties extremely well. You see that hard contact rate, very big number, over fifty percent. A two twenty four ISO, a Woba at four twenty seven. So getting the job done. And another guy that hits fastballs well, Woba over four hundred, ISO approaching three hundred. And Suarez, we didn't dig too far into his numbers against righties when we talked about Springer with 448 WOVA allowed, 278 ISO allowed, and a lot of hard contact as well at 46%. Again, Stros in a great spot for Robinson trade us, maybe the best buy low on Yahoo at minimum price. All right, to the infield here, third baseman, Mike Mustakis, $15. Turned on the power switch here. Four home runs for him over the last four games. We know this guy hits righties with power. And you see it in the ISO there, the WOVA. Also nice at 375, and all that despite a 263 batting average on balls in play. So not lucky here. This guy does this year in, year out. Nothing different here. And Merrill Kelly, a guy I want exposure to with lefties. You see that big hard contact rate? Anytime we're approaching 50% hard contact, that should tell you something. So the Brewers, a lot of lefties in that lineup that can do damage here. And Kelly, only a 15.6% strikeout rate. Left handed hitters, so we don't have to really worry about strikeouts. We get hard contact, and what does that lead to? Home runs, and I think that's what happens here. Calling my shot with Mike is going yard at $15. All right, I like that game. Let's go to the other side in the outfield with David Peralta, $14. So, two bad pitchers, two very good offenses. I think this is one of the best game stacks we have on this slate tonight, and I really want David Peralta in that stack against Mr. Lyles we'll get to him in a minute but Peralta year in year out a perennial stud against right-handed pitching 371 the career Woba right in line with what he's doing this season 371 the ISO the same 211 career ISO right around that same number and Lyles 415 Woba allowed two left-handed hitters a lot of power as well 288 ISO a lot of fly balls 42% a lot of hard contact you guessed it so the gumbo there hard contact fly ball rate a high iso a high woba easy play here with david peralta at 14 dollars. all right yahoo we need two pitchers we're going to give you one here for jack flarity 42 dollars. you talk about a guy that flies under the radar this guy's been about as consistent as you could ask for so if you're looking for a cash game starting pitcher can get jack flaherty in there over 20 yahoo points in seven of his last eight starts we're looking for upside in our tournament so he's doing that as well the strikeouts seven or more for him in nine of the last 12 games so the only game he didn't go over 20 points 18.9 so it's not like he's been blown up very consistent and a few of those very good teams in there teams like the cubs houston the dodgers it's not like he's just picking on bad teams here and the rockies middle of the road in a lot of these stats strikeouts 15th woba iso they're in the middle of the pack here but the beer gut really talking man this one kept coming back to jack flarity here you get consistency you get the strikeout upside plus the intuition of the beer gut really like the spot for jack flarity tonight at 42 dollars all right it's time to take a look at my favorite play on friday night but before we do that guys As always, I want to know who your favorite play is. Who's your beast of the night? Let's end this baseball season with a bang. Let's see how many beast of the night votes we can get there in the comment section. And while you're there on YouTube, guys, I need two things. Subscribe to the channel. Then you'll know when all the videos are coming out. Not only mine, a lot of other great videos coming out. And football videos right around the corner. So that subscribe button will help you know when those are released. I also need you to hit that like button. Let's see if we can set a record. likes on this video for the season guys i greatly appreciate it now let's take a look at my favorite play: you know mass the beast of the night all right this time we're going to go to first base we're going to go with josh bell of the pirates 16 dollars tonight's beast of the night Now, Belvin, very, very quiet, no doubt. You're going to look at his box scores. You're going to say, why the hell are we rostering this guy beer? Because he's going to go yard tonight. You're going to get him very low on. But let's dig into the numbers in the matchup here. 329 ISO for him against right-handed pitching. 427. Weighted OBA. And Di Sclafini, one of my favorite guys to target with power left-handed hitters. This is not a one-year sample. This is a guy that's been getting bombed by lefties year in. You're Robin, listen to some of these numbers, and you'll know why you got to play Josh Bell tonight. 397, weighted OBA, 264 is the ISO. Fly ball rate, 49%. Our contact rate, 46%. I could go on and on and on. Josh Bell in about the best matchup he can ask for, price underpriced at $16, making Josh Bell easily my favorite play on Yahoo. And tonight's Beast of the Night. All right, guys, that wraps up here for Friday night in the Fantasy Bar and for this baseball season. Been a lot of fun, guys. Again, thank you to all you guys. Big shout-out to everybody who stopped by the bar. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you learned something, and hopefully you put a little money in your pocket. We'll be back for football closer to the start of the season for Rotogrinders.com. I am Beer saying salut. Best of luck tonight, guys. Best of luck the rest of the way in the baseball season, and we'll see you right back here for football.
2: What is up out there, everybody? And welcome to the Yahoo! Lineup Builder GPP edition. I'm your host for the next hour, HeadChop. We're going to break down some MLB game by game. Then we're going to build a lineup at the end. I'll tell you what, today, I got a special treat for me today. I woke up thinking I was on the uh, schedule with somebody. Then for about an hour, I thought, I'm not, there's nobody wants to work with me here, man. I'm going to be, I'm going to have to do this show solo. And then all of a sudden, Mr. Cheese is good pops up fills in like he's throwing down his cape over the puddle for me and you know i'm I'm the damsel in distress and he come and rescue me so geez what's up man
3: when i heard there was an opening to do a show with chop today i mean who who doesn't want to jump on that i was stunned it was still there for the taking
2: Um, yeah yeah, shocking just shocking right i mean friday nobody wants to work but that's way hey so uh it's like you're at home right now right it's because you got your background up and everything yes i am I know. Last week you were partaking in the uh, festivities. Was it DraftKings, their big live final, right? So, yeah, we and, were
3: at uh, we were goofing around at uh, Wrigley Field this time last oh, week. Oh,
2: that looked so that looked so good, and then it was,
3: it was fun to be out there. Yeah.
2: And then Saturday night, you uh, you had a really good opportunity there. For I was kind of following along as it winded down, and I thought, oh, this cheese is going to finish another top three here. Another. Then all of a sudden, you had that – dramatic stuff happened in Milwaukee kind of bumped you down a bit but I was that was another pretty good show. what on a on a scale of one to ten how would you give that entire weekend that they put on last weekend
3: uh I mean if you don't count Sean Doolittle in the rankings it was <laughs> uh, it was a ten yeah I mean it, it was a great weekend uh and um it's just you know it's more tilting when something random happens in the ninth inning but uh, <laughs> now it was it was awesome that you know that uh Kirk Deese was one of the main ones who benefited from that ninth inning he got up to second so at least one of, one of our guys uh, had a nice payday and uh that was good to see and a whole bunch of rg guys out there uh we had a blast
2: yeah saw some of the pre pre uh pre-tournament night stuff out there hanging out at wrigley field that did look like a blast but uh here we go man we're gonna get back on this horse here on this friday night and uh try to win some money here for the, just the common folk, not, not you, not you big dogs out there doing live finals and hitting home runs and wriggling and stuff. This is just for the common people. So I, I hit no home runs. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, who was, so yeah, looking at all the BP that was taken, who, who would you say was the uh, most efficient hitter out there? Who now, who is the most powerful hitter out there? Uh, you know, I, I didn't
3: notice who was who, like there was a handful of guys hitting the ball really far, but I cannot comment on who they were because I do not know. Like I was hiding from the, like, like people were going to hurt me. So I, I was barely, barely watching. I was just looking out for myself.
2: Yep, Fair enough. Just enjoy your own self. That sounds good. Before we get cranked up here, we kick off a few things. I need to I need to get in here real quick. Guys, the like and subscribe button, please click it. Like and subscribe, whatever format you're watching, watching, watching this on, please click that. That's what keeps this thing going. NFL is what is that? It's, Quickly approaching, we're about a week and a half to two weeks, about two weeks away, I guess, from NFL, NFL premium discord, major, major factor this year, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff in the discord channels, if you're if you're not already a premium member out there in the discord, please get in there, because you're going to get a lot of crazy good stuff in the discord this year, and college football, I'm gonna drop the college football in there too, even though my promo says just NFL, I can promise you, uh, uh, college football discord is going to be awesome too uh best ball in yahoo that's live you can get on that it's not on my promos but i'm gonna give yahoo a little best ball love right there if you want to get on that the rg badge promo this is the good stuff this is my favorite part you know that old rg badge thing where you gotta switch your avatar to the rg avatar and all that good stuff you know all that how that works out and you get all the free stuff well listen You don't even have to win anything. You can just randomly be chosen to get a shout-out on the show. Like these two guys here. These are your shout-outs for the RG badge. These guys switch their avatar to the RG badge. They get a shout-out. Silly Dad 101, you get a shout-out. And uh, let me see if I get this one. MHDU2424. MHDU2424. You get a shout-out, too. So that's uh, that's the legwork here, man. Now we're ready to get into... Some baseball on this little. What do we got? A full fourteen games here. Fourteen games sounds good, right? We've got um, either thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, yeah. There's an early game going on. I think there's one early game, and uh, look like Adam Eaton hit a home run, so I went in and closed my laptop on that showdown because if you don't have Adam Eaton, all right. So first game on the board. Oh man, we're gonna kick it off here. Kick it off in style with one of my favorite offenses on the night. Tampa Bay travels to Baltimore with the park upgrade facing the Orioles. It's tie block on one side, Trevor Richards on the other side, 10 and a half total here. Uh, Start off with the pitching Trevor Richards, tie block. Did they move the needle for you?
3: Uh, I mean, definitely not block Uh, Richards. If Richards was like minimum salary, I would be looking at him. Um, The problem is he's just not pitching long. Like he's only been in Tampa for a while. They had him down in the minors pitching two innings at a time they just have this idea that starters are supposed to pitch four innings and uh it's it's really kind of rough anyone outside of their top couple guys like um I I just I just don't think he's gonna pitch long enough to be useful like skills wise him versus the Orioles sure but at $33 on Yahoo he's not really on my board
2: yeah it's kind of where I'm at with the pitching that leads to the offense And we kick it off with this good offense Tampa Bay taking on Ty Block So uh, looking at this lineup here, when I did my morning research, uh, there was a couple guys who stood out. looks like uh, some of them didn't make the lineup, but we still get a nice little lineup here against the left-handed Tyler Lock, who hasn't been very effective this year at all. Uh, Tommy Pham jumps off the page. Uh, Jesus Jesus Aguiar has been a guy in the past. He's been pretty good against lefties this year. I don't know. The numbers just don't look good. Maybe you can break that down for me a little more, why that would look so bad this year, and he's been – Pretty darn good the rest of his career against left-handers. But Tampa Bay offense, who does it for you in this in this lineup?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a real bummer not to have Darno in there. Um, I, I had him as a core play starting out. And actually, when this show's over, I'm going to find another core play to put in. Um, the good thing about them is they're cheap. So the guys that like you might not just love on their own, like Duffy and Heredia and Rosso and Zanino, like, they're so cheap as far as a stack goes, I mean, yeah, play them. I would just say like Aguiar last year was almost certainly a career year this year. He's not this bad. Um, but to me, he's really not a guy you want to go out of your way to play on his own uh, either. Like, especially on a team like Tampa, people are going to be stacking it. Uh, the chances that he's just the guy who hits two home runs and the rest of the team struggles is, is not very high. So Um, If I was going to play just one guy on his own, I really like Austin Meadows. Um, Nobody plays a lefty-lefty. Meadows is actually arguably the best hitter on this team against lefties. Um, Plus the fact they're going to see some bullpen. I I think if you just want one batter, I say you play Meadows. Um, And within a stack, I think even though they're the expensive ones, I think you need Fam and Meadows and then just kind of filter in this mess of lesser hitters uh, that are cheap.
2: Yeah. Uh, I couldn't agree more as far as this, this lineup, uh, their, their best hitter by the numbers against left-handers is didn't make it darno. No. And So, uh, I think we are left with Austin Meadows and people probably won't blame that much because of the lefty lefty. So I get y'all now and do like that. Uh, Baltimore gets Trevor Richards. Baltimore is made up of a bunch of mixed pieces here who aren't particularly good as an entirety, as a group, but maybe individually you can pick out some guys. So, uh, I mean, is there anybody that jumps out of this lineup to you against Trevor Richards? Yeah, you know, from a, a batted ball
3: perspective, like Richards has been kind of reverse splitsy. He's got decent strikeout ability against righties, but um, Mancini, Santander, Nunez right in the middle. Um, I, I would think that's a place you go looking for a home run. I mean, none of them are, are standout plays on this slate, but if you're multi-entering tournaments, I think those are guys that you put in the mix. Um all three of them are pretty similar to me and I I don't, I don't have a strong preference. I I guess I would play Mancini. Um, but those, those three are all kind of on my board, just as sort of tournament afterthoughts.
2: Fair enough. Let's get on down the road here. It's, uh, we got about 50 minutes left. We are going to preserve the last 10 to 15 minutes of this show to build a little Yahoo GPP lineup. It's going to be on my account. It's going to be on my dollar. So, uh, we got to make it good so we got we got to make sure we have enough time so next game on the board another early one Cincinnati at Pittsburgh Mitch Keller on one side D Scalfino D Scalfini on the other side it's a nine total with a, it's just a slight lean towards Keller in, in the Vegas odds Keller D Scalfino D Scalfini you know what I mean but uh what do we got here for the Mitch Keller's got a pretty good pedigree right but uh, can we use him tonight Yeah so Keller like
3: one of these days he's just going to turn it on and figure it out. Um he is going to be a very good pitcher one day, but I it's kind of just wishful thinking to think it's today. Like so far he's been just kind of okay. Like the stuff is fantastic. Um I think he's definitely tournament playable, especially on Yahoo. I mean, he's only $26. Um so, yeah, like even if he's not great, he doesn't kill you. Um but there's a lot of good pitching tonight. He's just kind of maybe good pitching. So uh he is not a priority at all. Um but you know i whatever you call the other guy Desclafuni uh Desclafani um he's not Yahoo playable at all to me at $39. Like that's a goofy a goofy salary for him in this matchup even though he's a semi talented guy. Uh I, I think he's not really playable.
2: So let's start off with some hitting here on Cincinnati. We got Keller on this side. We know this park. It's a pitcher's park, but if there is any kind of lean, it's a lean towards left-handed hitters. A little bit easier for them to hit home runs here. So got some guys at the top of the order. Uh, Van Meter, Galvez, a switch hitter. They're, they're going to get the bat left-handed here against Keller. Anybody in the Cincinnati lineup that uh, you look at and say, all right, I could put, put them in my, my core tonight.
3: I'm pretty on board with Van Meter leading off at twelve dollars. Um, we've also got, you know, Derek Dietrich is back in the lineup. He's been out for I don't know a month. He's minimum salary, even though he's at the bottom. I think they're both interesting. Um, you know, the best hitters on the team, Suarez and Aquino, they're they're a little too pricey for any sort of a core primary build, but but they're fine. So I would say Van Meter is is kind of the the main target here.
2: On the flip side there, we got a Pittsburgh lineup. It's pretty much been like a one-man show all year long. It's just been Josh Bell. Has it been particularly good lately? I guess since the All-Star break, he's kind of cooled off a bit. Uh, He's down to $16. It's against a mediocre right-hander. I mean, is is Josh Bell the only guy that's even playable in his lineup? Um, I've got Brian Reynolds on my list as well.
3: I mean, Descafani against lefties, like just – loves to give up home runs it's like his favorite thing to do um it's give up home runs and then he likes to go out and see movies and uh, play <laughs> yes. at the park with his dogs and then give up more home runs those are like his four main things um so yeah bell first but I, i'm pretty interested in, in reynolds as well he's another guy that just kind of came out of nowhere but hits the ball hard has has good power
2: so i i, I would play both of those two guys in tournaments Sounds good. We'll keep that in mind when we build that line up in a little bit. Atlanta at New York is our next game. Pitchers duel here, seven and a half total, raises some red flags on the hitting. Fultonevich on one side, Jacob DeGrom on the other. DeGrom is minus 190. So uh, I know DeGrom's got to be near the top of your list. And uh, just how far up the list is DeGrom? And where does, uh, where does Fulte rank on this on this slate of games?
3: Yeah, so, I mean, DeGrom is definitely the top guy for raw points. And on Yahoo, it's not really that hard to fit him. Um, I, I think you can just play him. There, there are other pitchers with the same upside who have easier matchups, but as far as just who's the best pitcher, like who's not going to ruin your night, it, it's, it's always DeGrom. So and I don't think he's by any means a must play, uh, but I do think he's the top play. And, you know, Faulty. I like the salary. Um, He's been kind of like clearly last year was, was the breakout year and it's not coming back. Um, He's had his moments this year, but I don't, I don't think he's trustable by any stretch. I don't think the Mets are terrible, but you know, this lineup isn't really great either. I mean, the bottom of this lineup, once you get past JD Davis, um, I mean, there's some very easy outs down there. I think he'll be fine. Like I, he is definitely in my mix. Like I've got him ahead of guys like Keller and Trevor Richards, um, but still not not a priority
2: play. Yeah. Do the Mets? Do the Mets? Uh, do the Mets make the playoffs? I'm going to answer you. Uh, ask you a question there. They're they're on a, they're on a hot streak, but uh... yeah, I, I'm going to
3: say no. But it, it's going to be interesting. That's going to be fun uh, down the stretch.
2: All right, so these two pitchers, I mean, DeGrom's obviously a stud and Folty's decent enough. Is it, is it decent enough to drive us off the hitters in this game? Yeah, I mean,
3: I think it's pretty goofy to play Braves. I mean, you can, like some of these hitters, like Acuna and Freeman, they're just so good. Sure, you can play many time, but I think it's getting really too tricky. Um, I do think Alonzo and Conforto are pretty playable. Um, in the past, Folty to lefties has been kind of a thing this year. He's not even really doing much against righties. So as far as just finding a home run, um, I think both those guys are very tournament playable. You could even do JD Davis, although, I mean, this is not the game you want to focus on. So pretty much just Conforto Alonzo is one off for me.
2: Fair enough. Kansas city is at Cleveland tonight with uh, a on one side, Jacob Judas on the other side, Cleveland minus the one ninety. It's a nine for a total, uh, Mainly, all that goes towards Cleveland. That implied run total. Uh, Junis not particularly good, and this is not the matchup I think we want to play him in. But Kansas City is not a particularly good offense out of, outside. If you can dodge two guys, Solaire Dozier, you can do. You can have some success against them. Plesac not bad. Can we play Kleesec tonight for thirty nine bucks on Yahoo?
3: I think Yahoo hasn't priced up too much uh, to be playable. Um, both these guys are like totally decent pitchers that are matchup dependent and Kansas city is just not bad enough to put a guy like plezak in play at that salary for me. Um, so to, to me, this is just a no.
2: All right. Then we get to some offense. Uh, like I said, so Solaire, Dozier, awesome one, two punch for Kansas city this year. Uh, is there anybody outside of those guys and how high, how high does that those particular guys rank at their positions for you? Th-
3: those two guys rank pretty high. I mean, I, I like them, almost every day um and if you look at please numbers like we're starting to get up to a meaningful sample size and he does look like reverse splits guy um i mean the hard hits to righties are just way up there i think they're fantastic plays um and on yahoo merrifield is too cheap um if you were going to play if you needed someone at second base at that price like i think that's very fair to just do a one two three um but yeah, Soler and Dozier are pretty high up my list.
2: Cleveland, all right. So am I. Uh, am I egregiously bad in my thinking here to to say that Carlos Santana in this matchup might be the best hitter in this lineup tonight?
3: Did you read my article today, Chup? <laughs>
2: I mean, do I, 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 I'm gonna play the fifth on that one because I've been busy today. Well, but. that's what I said. I said, "Oh if I my goodness, mind, Carlos Santana!" Um, I, love I love it when the great minds think like, or when, or when the one great mind and and I can just agree with him. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So
3: I mean, really, Junius is the type of pitcher that you know he's going to throw strikes. He's fine, but he's hittable. To me, those three switch hitters—Santana, Lindor, and Ramirez—are all just really fantastic plays, um, and I'm. Pretty interested in Puig as well at uh, that salary. Even even Fran-Mil Reyes um, for some cheaper power. Yeah, this is this is a team to target today. Um, it's more about individual bats than full stacking for me, just because like Junis really is not a bad pitcher, um, but we should expect some home runs. Um, they're just expensive enough that it's kind of hard to get them all together. But I I really like Santana Lindor Ramirez.
2: Fair enough. I uh I agree with you. I think it's I think it's a it's a good I think it's a good stack. You know you're not a big fan of the stack of it, but I, I think the the key here is I think we can look at one through practically one through nine. All of them can produce some sort of even the bottom of the order. Always like that bottom of the order power for stats. It's a nice little. Yeah, thing.
3: Roberto Perez is kind of a sneaky good
2: sneaky good. like he's what is it like a. Uh, Something like the second or third most home runs for just pure catchers this year in in the majors or some crazy stat like that I would have never thought of, but it's the truth. They all have power down there. They they bolstered themselves at the trade deadline. It makes that bottom of the order look even better with Reyes down there. So,
3: Yeah,
2: it's an exciting
3: team. I I like it. Fair enough.
2: Uh, Philly at Miami. Next on the list, uh, Vincent Velasquez, the strikeout king against Hector Noesi. I guess that's how you do it. Nine for a total here. One sixty-four for Velasquez. Miami, not a good offense. This guy can strike people out when he's actually throwing strikes. What's up? How, I mean, he's got to be. He's got to be on our list tonight, right? Like this is one of the worst pitchers to be jockey, but he has to be
3: jockey tonight. I mean, this this matchup is as perfect as it gets for him. And the problem is there is no such thing as a safe Vince Velasquez matchup can mm-hmm. He can fall apart with the best of them. Um, But just as far as if it's ever going to work out to be just perfect, this is it. Um, He can strike these guys out. His only weakness is, you know, he gives up the hard hit fly balls. Well, Miami, they they don't do that. Like, they're not good. Um, Yeah, I I think Velasquez is a chalky pitcher, and I like him. So, um, like, I'm not going to go all in on a guy like this because – He's just falling apart too many times, and there's always some innings question because he gets a little wild. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a good play.
2: Yeah, I agree. So uh, yeah, you do have to temper your expectations. Uh, we've seen plenty of aces this year just get rattled by teams that they should dominate. So of course, Velasquez seems like it's Miami most of the time. Too. Yeah, it is. That's what I was gonna say. But uh, it seems like so he, we know he could fall apart. That's why it's the beauty of baseball when you enter a bunch of lineups. Don't you don't have to use the same guy over and over like basketball you would leave you know if i love me some james harden i'm gonna i can play him in 100 percent and feel pretty good about it you don't want to do that in baseball so but he's a he's a pretty good pitcher when he's on this miami lineup not good so i'm gonna assume that if we're gonna do anything we're gonna one off a guy out of the heart of the lineup brian anderson or something like that but i really yeah, want like,
3: to i'm mean. always willing to look for a home run against velasquez um anderson and, and uh you know is friend cooper
2: yeah cooper, <laughs> oh playing. yeah i like it i like it i, I, I oh, like yeah, it those are the two guys yeah on the flip side philly gets no ac and they get a uh, it's a park downgrade for their hitters here this is a big spacious ballpark out there in miami but uh what can we do with philly here i, I mean how how high up the stack list do they rank
3: i mean i could make a case to put them first based on ownership um like just Nobody plays any bats in Miami ever, regardless of anything. Like it doesn't matter who it is. It could be the 1927 Yankees in their prime against me and no one would play them. Cause it's in Miami. Like it's the strangest thing. Um, no, it's not ideal. Um, and like, they don't have Bryce Harper in the lineup, but that just further lowers the ownership. Like no one's going to play them. Um, I think at, at least you should be considering Hoskins real Muto. Um, maybe Dickerson. And they're just cheap enough to, you know, just cheap enough to stack and feel okay about it. Um, Like I don't put them first at all for who who do I think is going to score the most runs. No, I don't think it's going to be them. Um, But the team that nobody's going to play other than probably Hoskins that could go off, I would say it's Philly.
2: Yeah. Everybody's got their guys. Those particular guys in whatever sport that, you Just gravitate to you. Just, I guess, for you, it's what Matt Carpenter is your guy, one of your guys. Well, that was last year. I haven't played him <laughs> this year, yeah. For me, it's Corey Dickerson. So, when I see this guy batting cleanup tonight, I'm ready, I'm ready for it. That's that's, that's my guy. So, I, I like I'm with you. I like that Philly stack. All right, let's get to a more uh hitter friendly ballpark. Uh, Texas Rangers at the Chicago White Sox, tough pitching matchup though for hitters. Lance Lynn on one side, Dylan Cease on the other side, eight and a half total, a minus minus one thirty-eight for Lance Lynn. It's a bad ballpark for pitchers. It does we get we get a lot of home runs here. Can we? Well, I mean, how 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 do these guys rank on your list? Um, very interested, in Lance Lynn. Um, Fifty-three bucks. That's a big. That, that's a big
3: number. It's almost a good thing. Like when, okay. when a guy is clearly overpriced, I see it as a good thing. Like he's more expensive than Jacob Degrom, um, which just means no one plays him, but righties against the white Sox are such a thing. Um, I'm a little nervous on Lynn. Like he started slowing down. The controls gotten a little wonky, but I mean, he was so good for so long um, and it's righties against the white Sox. Um, I, I, I can't quite call him my favorite tournament option because we've got clarity coming up, but um, I think Lynn is absolutely fantastical play.
2: What about Cease? I mean, uh, I know he's a young guy. He's he's got the pedigree. I mean, how how would you rank him tonight? Just in a vacuum, it's kind of like the Mitch Keller thing. Like yeah. one of these days,
3: he's just gonna everything's gonna be amazing. He's gonna figure it out. Um, I do not like this matchup for him. Um, he's been terribly bad against lefties. Um, and it'll be, you know, four, four of the top five batters are lefties. There are some, I can see him getting things done against the bottom of the lineup and get some strikeout upside, so I do think he's tournament playable, but I, I favor the the Texas lineup just because of how good those four, four lefties in the top five are.
2: Well, let's talk about that Texas lineup for a minute against Cease. What's, uh, what stands out to you? So, I mean, what stands
3: out is Cease has struck out 12% of lefties. Like, he clearly doesn't have this figured out yet. Um, he'll get there, but Not there right now. Um, Chu, Santana, Calhoun, and Odor are all good power hitters in Chicago. Um, I would play them all on their own, or I would play them all together. Um, I love them all.
2: Chicago White Sox. I mean, I I can't believe that they did John Jay wrong and and moved him all the way down to six. This is a clear cleanup hitter in 2019, and, and he's getting the bump down. I don't like that at all, but other than that, Lance Lynn, pretty good pitcher. Uh, is there anybody you want to target in this lineup, like uh, even in GPPs? Because that's what we're going to build today is a Yahoo GPP lineup. A- Abreu is always, I guess, a good option. But is there anybody else that you say, all right, or can you go like a back-to-back, like an Abreu, Mancada or something like that? Does anybody, looking, by the numbers, look like a pretty good play to you? is uh,
3: the only guy who's on my radar here. Uh, Lynn is a little worse against lefties. He's still decent, but, you know, more or less an average pitcher to lefties. Um, and uh, Mankata is the best hitter they have uh, against, against righties. I mean, a Brady maybe, but because Lynn is better against righties. So to me, that's a, that's a one-man team.
2: All right, good. Let's move on to a real game. Now a real team from Texas the Houston Astros at home tonight against the Angels. Jose Suarez on one side, Zach Greinke on the other side. we got a nine total here. Greinke's minus two eight, a huge number for him. Uh, I'm assuming we don't have much interest in Suarez, but uh, Zach Greinke. Maybe maybe you do have interest in Suarez. No, I I don't. Words in your mouth. I think you said that fine. Um,
3: Yeah, so Greinke, Yahoo, to me, he's overpriced. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, he has not shown any sign that he's going to be a different type of pitcher in Houston. Like, we all hoped him. Maybe they'll turn him into a strikeout guy. Same old Zach Greinke, which is absolutely great in real life. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's the kind of guy that needs to be cheap or have just a perfect matchup to want to pay this price. Um. So personally, on Yahoo, it's not really a Grinky play for me. Um, but he's certainly good enough. You you can get away with it. Um, but obviously, this game is just all about Houston bats. Um, and that's where you should start most lineups if you can.
2: With uh, all right, just to clean it up a little bit, he's good enough though, Grinky, that we don't want to uh, target any particular Angels hitters, though, right? Yeah,
3: I mean, the only thing I would say is that this is one of your slates where you can get Mike Trout under 5% ownership and theoretically you should always do that. Yeah. Regardless of anything, but, but that's about it.
2: All right. Let's talk about uh, this matchup with Suarez then for these Astros hitters. We got a guy who's uh just been pretty bad in general, but particularly terrible against right-handed hitters, you know, can't strike them out, gives up the hard rate hits and looking up and down this lineup. There's a couple that really stand out to me. First guy, I want you to talk about Altuve. I got him as the number one second baseman tonight. Surprisingly enough, he's come back from the injury, which kind of altered the first part of the season for him. Hasn't done anything, hadn't set off any bells like like he did a couple years ago when he was MVP, but still, you look at the numbers, he's probably the best guy in this lineup against left-handed hitters this year. So, how high does Altuve rank in your second baseman rankings? Um, To me, Altuve
3: is the – third hitter on this team like I I like Bregman and Springer considerably better and they're cheaper like I don't I don't like $26 for Altuve like that's a weird salary I mean of course play him like yes he's the best second baseman tonight Um, but as far as when you take salary into account um, that that's kind of a little wonky to me Um, like I I would prioritize Bregman and Springer first but by all means like those are your three guys um, to build around
2: yeah Bregman Bregman is definitely the next guy on the list I was going to talk about. When you combine Altuve and Bregman and their lack of striking out against left-handers, with their power and Suarez's lack of being able to strike out right-handers, it's a pretty good recipe for a little uh, mini Houston stack there, right? Yeah, and add add Guriel, little layer who strikes out even
3: less than both of them. Okay. I, like I saw that number, that's a crazy. He's like I, a I don't partner. know how I don't know how Suarez gets through this. Like it's it's um, he shouldn't
2: could be pretty rough and then uh, just when you're uh, think you're out of the weeds on right handers they, they, you, you got to face Alvarez and that's a pretty tough task too so Houston let's say so you Alvarez were
3: in tournaments kind of same thing as that Austin Meadows thing like just nobody plays a lefty lefty well yep. Alvarez has all the power in the world against anybody
2: yeah he does it, it doesn't seem like it affects him too much you know if you're pitching in his zone he's going to hit it out that's that's what he's kind of been so I like that play. If you're stacking them, give me give me your uh, based on the Yahoo salaries. Who's your four man Houston stack tonight? Uh,
3: it has to be Bregman and Springer, um, and then I would say Alvarez is the next guy in for me. So then it's really going to come down position and salary. If you have the salary to make it Altuve, that's what I would do. If then, not, then I would go down salary to- for your catcher there. Yeah. It's, it's, so if if you can't fit Altuve, I would use Chirinos.
2: Like it. Locks up your catcher position, saves you the money. All right, let's go uh, next game on the board. What do we got, 320? We got about 30 minutes left, so we got time here. Detroit at Minnesota. Whew, this is a good one here for our pitching. We got v- Drew Verhagen on one side, not, not particularly worried about him, but a minus 350 favorite for Jose Barrios. I'm going to pull this one up on plate IQ. This is my guy. I know you said Degrom was your number one pitcher tonight. You know, you know, almost slates. I would say that I really like Barrios. If he can get it, if he can get it together here tonight, this should be the prime matchup for him. So I'm gonna pull this up here, looking at the uh, Detroit hitters. I mean, we, we got a guy who can strike people out, but this this lineup just terrible. Look at all this red we have for uh, strikeout rates. We got one, two, three, four, five guys over 28% strikeout rate against right-handers. This is just not a good lineup. Yeah, it's
3: terrible. It's just like uh, them and the White Sox are the two teams why, where you attack with right-handed pitchers. So just like the Lance Lynn thing um, is a very good real-life pitcher. He's he's not usually a great DFS pitcher. His strikeouts aren't his thing, but he should get a few extra strikeouts from this lineup. Um, yeah, to me, he's a an ideal cash game kind of play. Like, I like him a little better than Grinky tonight. Very similar pitcher to Grinky, So I would just play – Based on the uh, the matchup, which is edge to various,
2: the Minnesota hitters here against Verhagen, who hasn't been, you know, there's nothing that stands out about him. Not not really striking guys out too much. High x fit. I'm pulling it up on plate IQ right now. Just doesn't look particularly great in general. Uh, this Minnesota offense can put up runs in bunches via the home run too. So, what stands out to you in this lineup? Just. Uh, Glancing over it, I'm seeing some some guys with that don't strike out a whole lot, that hit for power. What stands out to you? Yeah,
3: um, Kepler and Polanco are two of my favorite plays on the slate. Um, they're kind of right behind – you know, I talked about, like, Bregman-Springer as a pair. Like, Kepler and Polanco are kind of right behind them as the next little teammates that I would love to have, either on their own or together in a mini-stack. You know, Nelson Cruz – Uh, I mean, he makes me proud to be an old person. Um, Like by all means, play him in any Minnesota stack. Like it's just fantastic. Um, Jason Castro is one of my favorite cheap catchers for tournaments. Uh, That's another guy that just (coughs) has a pretty good amount of power. Um, Everything in the middle there mostly kind of just left for stacking. Um, I do expect the twins to score all kinds of runs and, You know, who knows where it will come from. I mean, Marwin or Arias, Sano can always hit a home run. Um, It's a bummer that Rosario's out. He kind of tweaked his hamstring yesterday. But uh, still, just Kepler-Polanco alone make this a team I want to play.
2: Yeah, that's a good stack right there. Let's go to the next game on the board. Arizona at Milwaukee. uh, Jordan Lowes versus Merrill Carroll. We got Merrill Carroll on the card here. It seems like I'm always doing a show when Carroll's on the board here. Kelly. Uh, yeah, I know, but we, we, we affectionately nicknamed him Merrill Carroll. So, pitching is – I mean, I know you're not taking Kelly against Milwaukee at home, but Lyles against Arizona, can you do it?
3: Uh, I mean, I can make a case for it, but I don't want to. So –
2: Okay, then let's talk about hitting then. We, I'll start off with Arizona against Lyles, who's a very average pitcher. Anybody in this lineup – we do have a lineup out right now, actually. Anybody – Look like they're uh, in pretty good spot tonight.
3: They really do. Um, Lyles against lefties is a thing. Uh, Marte and Escobar um, are just really good. Uh, Peraltas and Lamb are interesting as well, but uh, definitely Marte Escobar with the edge. When you add in, there's always the chance of facing some good lefties later. So give me those two guys. Um, I do like that Lamb salary on Yahoo. He's minimum. Uh, you might need that. He's fine to stick in at third if you need something cheap.
2: Yeah, who doesn't like a little lamb? Got to have a little lamb there. All right, on the flip side, though, mm-hmm. Kelly. Ham chops. Kelly is uh, – well, he's he's okay, but looking at some of his numbers, they don't look particularly great. Yeah. And, you you know, obviously uh, a good lineup, we don't have it out just yet, but when it does come out, i got to assume the MVP, Jelic, is going to be in there taking a gander at his numbers against right-handers are pretty darn spectacular. So – If you have one luxury spin tonight as a hitter, on a hitter, you know, you could take anybody in the high range. Yelich is my number one guy, raw points projected. Yeah, where does he
3: rank for you? Uh, He's second for me. I I go Bregman and then Yelich, but, I mean, that's kind of splitting hairs. Like, yeah, Yelich is definitely one of the very best plays on this slate. And $25, you you can afford him. Um, I think, like, Grandal and Moustakas are way too cheap here. Thames is too cheap. I think a full stack is very interesting. This is one of those spots where it's going to be pretty obvious to get the lefties in. Ziellich is the obvious best play. Grandal, Moustakis, and Thames are all affordable. So I think you've got to say you want to be a little different in a stack. So play one of the righties at least, Um, any of Kane here and and Braun, just so you don't have the same stack as everybody else.
2: Yeah. So, how much do you play very much on Yahoo?
3: Uh, I've just started in the last couple of weeks. Like it, uh, that was the last site to open up in Alabama. So um, oh, yeah, I do not have the strategy totally figured out yet.
2: Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, we all like to stack everybody in baseball stack, stack, stack. They, I do show, I do this show with Kirk Deese quite often. And he said, no, man, on Yahoo, we don't necessarily need to stack because, uh, the scoring is just different And you know, one off your guys are one, two punch from these teams, but you don't have to stack. So I was going to ask you what you felt on that. So I guess yeah, I'll let that's, you
3: that's where I'm leaning not right now, but I, I definitely, I would listen to Kirk ahead of me on <laughs> Yahoo right now. You're he's, right.
2: Kirk, yeah, yeah, you're right. He's got, have you ever seen his balance? Sometimes when he does screen share on Yahoo, he'll slip in his balance and it's pretty impressive stuff there, man. So yeah, yeah. he's doing fine. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing all right. Next, next game on the board Colorado. Hey, he's really doing fine after this past weekend too. I right. totally forgot about that. Colorado at St. Louis. Uh, this is a uh, man. How is this total only eight in this game with Peter Lambert pitching? Colorado scores zero, so it's they're same right to zero. Flaherty and Lambert. Lambert's terrible. Flaherty can be all right. Uh, it's minus two seventy in favor of St. Louis here. So Flaherty's definitely got some win equity if you're if you're playing on a site that rewards the wins a little bit more. Starting off with the pitching here, Flaherty. Uh, can you roster him tonight for forty two dollars on Yahoo? Uh, not only can you, you have to. Really. With all the guys we've, because you only got two spots and feels to me like I've got to lock up one on Barrios and there's so many other options, but Flaherty, you're saying, is almost a must play. Well, I hope that other people are along your train of thought. Yeah, They're probably. I think,
3: yeah, I'm no,
2: probably no. totally uh, with the crowd here because I mean, not... he's definitely not a must play
3: because it is a loaded pitching slate, but uh, he's my favorite play on the slate, salary included. So for, for 42, um, that's the guy I will have the most of. He's just, he's been awesome. Um, and Colorado on the road, no story. Um, I, I love it.
2: Yeah, so we're going to pretty much just gloss over Colorado because we don't we don't want to attack Flaherty. There's just too much good offense to really mess around there. I do want to focus on St. Louis a little bit here against Lambert. Lambert's not good. Uh, in fact, I'm going to pull that up on Plate IQ, but he's been downright awful this year. Uh, and uh, you know, if I'm if there's a lean one way, he leans a little bit worse towards lefties, but you know like i said he's bad regardless uh ozuna looks like he stands out in this lineup to me so i don't know i want you i want your thoughts on this st louis lineup against a very subpar peter lambert or i guess his name's peter who can't strike anybody up Petey, it's Petey at this point yeah um
3: yeah i like i think fowler is is my favorite play leading off oh my, you must have read my roto world
2: article today
3: that is how i do it goodness yes. gracious um yeah, so a Fowler, and then as far as the righties, like he is much worse against lefties. Uh, as far as the righties, you want fly balls where you can get them, so I would go to Young first, Goldie second. But, I mean, all three in the middle are totally playable. Um, but, yeah, so I have I Fowler first. Just I, I like the way he's hitting, leading off. And, you know, Wong hitting second is interesting. I'm glad they've moved him back up for now. Um, yeah, Lambert is just so beatable. I think you can play anybody here.
2: Yeah, that's that's what the gist of it, I think, right there. Lambert, not particularly good and a decent offense when it clicks. I haven't looked at Kevin Roth's uh, weather report, but sometimes in St. Louis in the summertime, you can get some sneaky good hitting weather there. you uh, going to have to check the dew points on that one. I'm not sure, but otherwise, we can move it on down the road. That's a good offense right there, St. Louis, very under the radar on this kind of a slate. Next up, we're going to – now we get out there to the uh, West Coast games. This one's Boston at San Diego. Pretty good pitching matchup here. Eduardo Rodriguez, the left-hander. Chris Paddock, the right-hander. Almost dead even on the odds here, and it's a four four for an over-under. Rodriguez and Paddock. Gosh, Rodriguez is kind of priced up here, but uh, what do you think about these two guys? Uh, This is such a strange game, both this and the next game. You can almost put
3: them together – you know, really good teams going out West to face good pitchers. I I don't think you, I don't think you can even really consider pitching here and I don't really want bats. Um, The only thing is that's just going to be the consensus. Like nobody's going to play this game. Um, To me, if you're going to do something here, I think you play some Boston bats. Like Paddock has started showing signs of kind of wearing down a little bit. Um, It's not like he's going to pitch all day anyway. D- Devers is a guy I like, regardless, um, it's it's tough to want to pay for like bets and JD and these guys on this slate, but just the fact that nobody's going to do it makes it interesting.
2: I think you, I think you hit on a point there for DFS in general that if you can find a trend and you can get on it before other people, that's really how you make your money and whatever sport it is, you find that trend. And if Paddock's looked great all year and now he's kind of hitting some chinks in the armor and you can catch it before other people and get on it before they do the infamous 10 day injured list here next week or after this next start, then uh, you can make some money. So uh, I would agree with that. I like that. I like that scenario. All right. What do we got here? 20 minutes left in this program, a couple uh, West coast games to go and then we'll start to build some lineup action for you. Maybe, maybe we'll have enough time to uh, go two different routes on our lineups. but the next game on the board, this is a real barn burner as far as real-life stuff here. New York travels to the L.A. Dodgers tonight, eight-and-a-half total. Uh, incredible year. Ruse having on one side against James Packton. Not, not such an incredible year, but, boy, he's he's got talent to get there. He just hasn't pieced it together in the Yankees' uniform yet. Is tonight the night against these Dodgers where he really just uh, – he just puts it together and strikes out like 12 guys? I mean, it shouldn't be, you know, based
3: on the matchup. Like, he just – he hasn't been efficient at all. Um, I can't. I can't use him. Like I love that salary. Like based on who he is and the history and the, the strikeout ability, to be thirty six dollars seems it seems pretty wonky. But I'm not playing him. Uh, I, but I don't really want to play bats either. It's, it's the same as that Boston San Diego game. Like th- this is like a World Series game. This, it, these are just good teams on all sides. Like the hitters are good too. So sort are of the pitchers, so sort of the bullpens. Um, I don't know what to do here. I guess like, – I can't even tell you not to play. I mean, Gary Sanchez is $12 and Aaron Judge is $11. Like,
2: oh, Aaron Judge, man. I mean,
3: but I don't really want to play them. Um,
2: well, it was let's just talk about
3: – Forget these two games,
2: but that's the whole point. Everybody's yeah. just forget these two games. Let's talk about scenarios. There. Would you rather roster Paxton or would you rather take like a Pollock or a Turner who've had career success, success against lefties? Which one are you more likely to roster? The pitcher guess, or the batter? I guess it would
3: be Paxton.
2: And then on the flip side, you've got such a salary. I mean, Aaron Judge, like you said, 11 bucks is That's pretty rowdy salary for him, and and Sanchez at 12 as a catcher, great, but then you've got an all-star pitcher on the other side. Are you more likely to go for the $45 pitcher or to take the incredible value with those Yankees hitters? I would be Judge Sanchez. Oh, interesting. All right, so that's all we can do. Otherwise, really, you don't want to stack these offenses. These offenses are good enough. You really don't want to load up on too much pitching against them. So I get it. We're kind of in a catch-22 here, but you can always extract a little bit of value from somewhere. We don't have quite the same uh, scenario in the next game where I think we can rack up on some hitting here, maybe. Toronto at, at the Seattle, nine and a half total. Trent Thornton on one side, Justice Sheffield, 28 bucks on the other side, pitching for Seattle tonight. The pitching... Is it 27 bucks and 28 bucks? They're definitely cheap enough. They're cheap for a reason, though. Are you uh, interested in either one of these guys? Uh, I don't think you need it on Yahoo. Like
3: the thing about Yahoo, like the the really cheap pitchers aren't that much cheaper than the mid tier compared to like what they are in DraftKings. So I I don't think tonight that you need to go down here. Um, It's interesting, but like Thornton looks like another guy that's wearing down um, to me. Like the time to play him was two months ago. And I, that has passed with, with Sheffield. I am so interested in what happens here. Like this was a top prospect a few years ago. And every time he's been at single A or double a, he's been like amazing. Um, but every time he's gotten higher than that, he's been just brutal. So this year at triple at a, he was horrendous and they sent him back down to double a and he dominated again. So now they're just calling them all the way up and letting them skip AAA as if that's going to fix the problem of not being able to beat better hitters. I have no idea what's going to happen with Sheffield. Um, I think you, you can play him and you can stack against him because we have no idea.
2: Well, we'll start off with the Seattle offense then, real quick. Uh, there's a couple of guys who are kind of interesting in there. It's a late game. You know, you get these West Coast games and they're just not as owned on a full slate as the earlier games. So, a guy like Seeger flies under the radar Vogelbach definite definite power there flies under and like you said, Trent Thorn not looked particularly great lately, so uh the Seattle offense, who can you pick out and is it generally do you think it's a good thing to target some of these guys in this offense tonight?
3: I think Vogelbach is definitely one of my favorite plays on the whole slate um, other than him, you know maybe a little Seeger. Um, but pretty you know, much, I'm just playing Vogelbach. I,
2: I was looking at Seager earlier today on DraftKings, but it's, uh, sure that he's twenty five dollars. Yeah, taking a look on Yahoo, this is the first time I saw the Yahoo price on Seager. That's they max them out at twenty seven dollars for a hitter. So the the maximum salary, like the Mike Trout's of the world, are twenty seven dollars. You know, to pay twenty five. Yeah, for Seager. I feel like
3: they 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 hit the wrong button. Like it's it's one of those things. It's, that's just wrong. So, but if Vogelbach is they hit the wrong button on the other side.
2: That yeah, Vogelbach is, he does provide a lot of power there for that uh, nice little, nice little left-handed first baseman action right there. Toronto, I think is very interesting for the, for the reasons that you said, we just don't know what we're going to get out of Sheffield. We've got a young lineup. These, some of these guys can just flat out hit, man. So uh, who are your favorites in the Toronto lineup? And is this one of your sneaky, sneaky stats of the night?
3: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that sneaky other than that. It's a late game. Um, I've I've heard a fair amount of talk on stacking them, you know. I mean, I really think this is more a stack than anything because when when Sheffield has come up to higher levels, he just he just starts walking everybody like he's scared to throw a strike. So when that's the case, it's pretty hard to guess who's going to get the pitch to hit. Um, you just think there's going to be a bunch of base runners. Um, really, any of any of the righties um, are fine to play on their own. But just because I know that I don't know. Um, I would rather just stack it and say, if he looks like he looked last time they called him up, you're just going to walk everybody.
2: All right, fair enough. I want to turn our attention now to, uh, we got 12 minutes and we're going to build at least one lineup here. So uh, maybe two if we get a chance, but uh, let's take a look at some Yahoo pricing and let me build a, a roster on my end and put it into the tournament tonight. Let's to start off with, would you agree that when you're building your Yahoo lineup, or we're using Yahoo because we're doing it, but just about any lineup. Pitcher is, is the first place you want to go to at, at, when you're building a tournament lineup, or do you prefer to start off with maybe your favorite hitter?
3: Yeah, uh, in cash games, it's pitcher. In tournaments, not necessarily. Um, I'm, Like on a slate like this, um, you know, there's enough pitching Um, that personally, like, you know, I have a lean towards Flaherty, but you might just say I like – Anyone from DeGrom down through uh, Velasquez, all the same. and in, in which case, you want to pick out your favorite couple of hitters first.
2: Well, on a night like tonight, where we've, we've gone through these game by game, we know what we got at pitcher. We know the definite studs and the value plays at hitter. What are we most likely to roster first here, if you're building your lineup tonight?
3: I would pick my favorite of those little mini stacks. Those are, there's a couple of – there's those – Several little two-man um, pairs like the Bregman Springer, or the Polanco Kepler. Um, All right, uh, something like that. Um, fan okay.
2: Hose. Let's see here. I want to. All right, I can I can live with uh, the Houston stack. The little mini. Although I know we want to pay, pay up, we're going to pay up for pitching too. have some, well, but uh, let's go Springer, Springer Bregman. If I have enough later on, I, I want to include Altuve. I just think he's such a good second baseman tonight. But let's type in Springer. Uh, bear with me; my typing skills are rudimentary. Springer, typing is hard. Regman, I'm, I'm, just, you know, trying to do one hand, the one hand, the left handed type. It's, you know, it's tough. All right. So we got that little two-man stack. I can add to it later. I do, I do like a couple more pieces from Houston, but they're so expensive. Want to make sure we get some other pieces around there that we like. Now we're going to go to pitching. You seem to think Flaherty is your just your your guy tonight, right? That yeah. is my guy tonight. Yes. So I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna plug him in there. So then uh, I've got a, a short list of options for that second pitcher spot. If I want to spend a lot of money, if I think I can extract a lot of value from, you know, there's always seven dollar and eight dollar hitters on Yahoo that are just really good and underpriced. Uh, then I could take a guy like DeGrom. Uh, but for four only $4 less, which I think may drive down the ownership a little bit on Yahoo, I can get Barrios. I think Barrios is such a good play tonight. And then we talked about another guy who's even cheaper. If I want to load up on offense, I go down to $36, take Velasquez against Miami. This is a tournament team, so I know the outcome is not always going to be great, but this is a tournament, so I just need it to happen that one time tonight. So, Out of those three guys right there in the scenario I've covered, which one are you most likely to uh, roster tonight? Degrom, a little bit less for Barrios with less ownership, or just save the money and go Velasquez?
3: With what you're saying, I think you go with Velasquez who has the points per dollar upside, and that might allow you to get your Altuve in there.
2: Okay, I like it. Anytime I can get some Astros, drop excited is all. uh, (laughs) Oh, I like it. When I get the Astros in, are the Astros your favorite to win the World Series right now? Yeah, for the next
3: decade at least.
2: Oh, that love, man. You're, They're you're so talking, good. They're you're so talking good. dirty, man. You're talking dirty. All right. We got to get on here. All right. Uh, next, okay, we got $13 left per player. We filled out Bregman, Springer, flowery Velasquez. Now we can start looking at uh, maybe position by position real quick and, and see if there's anybody that jumps off the charts. I go to catcher. Usually we can find a lot of good value at catcher guy like Gary Sanchez is 12 bucks tonight. Grandel's is only $13 against Merrill Carroll. I mean, you got to love that. And then there's always this string of $7 guys like Chirinos. And there's always going to be guys like Omar Navarez. Nar- Narvez is out there for 7 bucks. Catcher is always a very fruitful position on Yahoo. Uh, do you have a favorite or do we want to come back to that? Um, given that we have those two Astros and not a lot of money
3: left, I would lean Chirinos there. All
2: right. We're, hey, like I say, when I go to the club, money is not an issue, so we're gonna play Torinos. But we can always circle back and get us a, a true, a true certified stud at, at that position if we want to. All right, so fourteen dollars per player left. First baseman. Let's take a look at first baseman. I'm gonna pull it up on my lineup builder real quick. All right, first baseman. Whew, we got some more good an obvious correct
3: answer, but I will let you figure out what that is.
2: Uh, the correct answer here. Let me see here. We could go Vogelbach at eight bucks. That's a real, you got it on your, on your first guess. How popular? Let me see. Okay. Do we have 15% ownership? Is that enough to, to move the needle for you? Like do you, at what percentage is a guy you look at and say, okay, you're looking at RG projection of ownership and say, that's too much. I can't go that route. Is it 15, 20, 25? At what point do you back off of a guy? Cause it's too much ownership. Um, if, if we're not at 20, I'm not that worried about it. Not worried about it. Okay. Vogel back at eight is good. And there's a lot of good options at first base, but you're right. As far as, uh, dollars are concerned, we can, we can play that. I can put that on there. I have no problem. So let's plug that one in. That's going to bump us up to slightly over $15 per player left. Uh, we've got about four spot. <coughs> My apologies. <coughs> All right, I got you. So excited you're choking. That's uh, my fault. That's the thing that's been caught in my throat, <clears> throat since the start of the show. Don't know what it was, but <clears throat> it's been hampering me this whole time. I'm going to skip second base because I'm going to want to play Altuve, but I don't want to rush that. So let's go to shortstop now. There's options here. Lindor 21. Actually, the options at, at, at shortstop are actually kind of expensive. There's no, like, first baseman you can get for 8 bucks like this. They're all pretty pricey. Polanco's jumped up to nineteen. Used for a long time, he was about twelve dollars on Yahoo. Lindor's twenty-one. There's, I mean, options, but they all cost money. The really good ones. So, shortstop, what stands out to you here on Yahoo that maybe we could uh, stick on this lineup? We've got money. We can play whatever we want, really. Yeah. The
3: problem is the the punts just aren't good. Like there's, it's it's weird that catcher is better than shortstop at the low end. I mean, you could play Adrianza. Um, just if you need a $7 guy, um, you can play Orlando Arcia. Y- yeah. I mean, you know, I, I like Polanco, um, but then that's kind of your last big spend if you do that. So I guess that I would almost look and see how you feel about the cheap outfielders before deciding if you want to try to spend up at shortstop.
2: Yep. Let's do that. Let's look at some outfielders because, uh, that's a, uh, shortstop is going to be tough. It's going to be a difficult, I don't want to totally pun it and it is going to cost money. Outfield's always a spot, though, we can find some guys who are cheap. I mean, we've talked about some guys here. Taking a glance at this, the studs are probably going to pass over them because I don't think we're going to afford the Yeliches and the Trouts of the world. Supreme value in a guy like Aaron Judge for only $11. I don't want to face off against Rube, but man, $11 for a real power hitter in a pretty big game, that's pretty good stuff. Uh, you can go that route. Uh, a Tony's at 16 Dickerson. I do like Dickerson, but 17 bucks. bucks—it's so a bit much. I mentioned I like Ozuna in that matchup against Lambert. He's $16. We, we could afford him if we were going to go more balanced from this point out. I'm um, looking down. Reyes is at nine bucks. I'm not seeing the big like value $7 guys that are usually there on Yahoo. Maybe they, they adjust yeah, us. The, the, the only
3: guys who are sort of like single digits, you mentioned Reyes, like Alex Gordon is in there for eight um i could do that but these are not these are not super exciting plays like um i agree it makes more sense to kind of go mid-range in the outfield which you're not going to be allowed to get those super expensive guys either but um maybe that's the way to play it
2: let's go mid-range uh i want to i want to start off at this point and go ozuna 16 bucks is it's fair enough for me i'm just looking at the matchup with lambert if if any of the numbers hold true to form ozuna is going to be a Pretty decent force tonight. So I'm going to go Ozuna. And do you have another mid-range outfield play that kind of jumps off to you? If you're playing Ozuna, I would just play Fowler with him. You like a little Fowler, too. I did like that lefty matchup against Lambert. So we'll get that one-two punch in there. We've got money, man. We've got two spots left open here. Second base and shortstop. You know, 31 bucks total. So if we spent seven, if we spent men's salary on something, we'd have 24. We could actually jump up to a $24 player in one of these positions. If we had a minimum guy, we could take, I'm not saying we're going to do that, but second base shortstop, does anything stand out for you? Like, is there any, uh, any preference there on that position? We looked at shortstop. It was super, super expensive. Uh, so it's probably yeah, I feel a little better about
3: going cheaper at second um I mean we've got like Merrifield is $13 we've got Brassell for Tampa is nine Dietrich is seven Oof. Um, like uh, if you have to punt I'd rather punt at second than short
2: I would agree with that so let's first guy where well, you mentioned that uh stood out to me was the Maryfield. been a really good hitter this year let's put in some Maryfield at uh Second base here for, what was it, 13 bucks, she said? Yeah. Okay, that went in. Okay. Oh, my goodness. It always does this. It always does this. She's a $1 away from the perfect player in the last spot. $1 away. $1 away from Polanco. I don't even know what to think about this anymore. The world is collapsing. We can't get Polanco unless we adjusted Merrifield. Is Polanco good enough to where we can back off of Merrifield and go with a $12 or less or you could back off uh fowler see if there's a $15 outfielder okay so polanco like we're we're in this range we just got to find a way to get polanco instead of going down to like a a bogarts or somebody like that right we just got to make sure we get polanco here right
3: that's what i would be doing yeah let's
2: do that and let's see if we can figure out another thing for the fowler $15 for an outfielder is definitely doable (sighs) ah Does anybody stand out? We could play cleanup hitter Marwin Gonzalez tonight at Detroit. Uh, you know, Kira Myers in Baltimore with that matchup. We got a Cleveland guy Mercado, second second place hitter against the Kansas City against uh, Judas. There's options here. What stands out for you? Yeah, I'm pretty
3: happy with those guys. Um, I kind of like Mercado. Um, get to the top of that Cleveland order.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's a lot of different ways you can go. So I think the point on that build was that when we got down to that last spot, it was just so much more valuable to make sure we got Polanco on there instead of sacrificing because sacrificing Fowler was a lot easier than sacrificing Polanco. So I think that's the key to the build today, boys and girls. But if you take a look at it right there, that's what I'm going to submit. Maybe if something happens later on in the next hour, I can change it just slightly. But otherwise, this is the one you're going to see in the tournament, guys. And that's going to take us to the uh, 10 prior to the hour mark, and we got to get out of here. Jeez, man, I appreciate you jumping on today. It was a pleasure doing the show with you. Any parting words for the peoples?
3: Uh, no, let me uh, so rapid fire the three questions that we got to ask. Can you play Tampa in a stack? Lefties in a stack? You have to play Meadows in the stack. Best play in the stack. Is Hoskins broken? No, he's a fly ball hitter, so he'll be hot and cold. Dawson Makata, he's the only player to play for the White Sox. I like him.
2: Oh, that's the man of the people answering them questions as we get out of here. Guys, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hit that like and subscribe button. Good luck in all those GPPs, guys, for cheese is good. I'm Head Chopper. We're out of here.
4: Life gets in the way sometimes, okay? We can't always just drop everything we're doing to make the most positive EV pick in the best ball championships. Sometimes mistakes are made. A guy is taken a round or two above ADP. Maybe you draft two tight ends that have the same bye week. But what we are looking at today is not that, no. Today we are looking at the truly egregious Face-melting picks that defy all logic. These are the worst best ball picks of the 2019 offseason, and I'm your Roastmaster General, Peter Overzet. How you approach the bye weeks in the best ball championship is a very interesting strategic angle you have to consider. Well, I really appreciate the angle that Mike B572 took here, taking 10 guys with a week 10 bye. Now, the bye week is what we may notice, but when you dig deeper, what you'll really notice is that this is actually an all NFC East team, yet with no New York Giants. My working theory is that this Mike is actually Mike Francesca, and this draft took place on a day Gettleman wasn't returning his calls. Next up, we have Bookworm123, who took Andrew Luck first overall in this draft. Now, this is a man that should probably set the books down and refresh Road to World every now and again, but my working theory is that he's a paid actor receiving checks from Jim Ursay under the table to try to convince everybody that there is totally, absolutely nothing at all wrong with Andrew Luck. Speaking of taking quarterbacks early, Promise 34 took Brady at 210 here. I can only assume the titular Promise here is vowing to take a 42 year old QB at the deepest position in the second round, no matter what. Promise kept. A guy with the handle Frank G707 took Jimmy Garoppolo 1 1 in this draft? 707 is a San Francisco area code. And it would appear that his last name starts with a G, similar to Garoppolo. The only explanation is that this man is Jimmy Garoppolo's uncle. And if not, someone needs to take his phone away from him. Now, taking one QB early is cool. But do you know what's really cool? Taking five QBs early, like Mambo did here. More like Mambo number five. A little bit of Mahomes in my life A little bit of luck on the side A little bit of Watson is all I need A little bit of Mitch is what I see A little bit of Cousins in the sun That was embarrassing. Next up, we have an individual named Um Umkane, and his draft strategy can best be described as robust, robust, robust robust tight end. He took nine tight ends. Nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. times. Can't say I hate the strategy, but if I did have to quibble with just one little thing, it might be not taking a tenth tight end, considering OJ Howard and Greg Olson have the same bye week. Gotta cover those bye weeks. All of these players hammering the onesie position early are clearly putting themselves behind the eight ball. We know we should be hammering running backs and wide receivers early and sometimes that means reaching to get our guy. Take this guy here who snagged Carlos Hyde at 3-2 after nabbing Damian Williams at 2-9. That's just elite level handcuffing right there. Although a rare miss on his part, not grabbing Darwin Thompson at 4-9 and Darrell Williams at 5-2. Gotta lock up that backfield. I like this guy Dotsum's approach to the 2-9 in this draft. At this point, almost all of the bell cow backs are off the board, so we have to get creative. Really, really, really creative. Like backup running back on a bottom five offense creative. Devin Singletary will be telling his grandkids about getting picked here someday. Ultimately, though, I got to cut these guys some slack. You can potentially survive a bad third or even second round pick, but it's the first round, that high leverage, ever so important round, that's the one that will get you. Because as the adage goes, you can't win your league in the first round. You can lose it. These are the words that this owner took to heart when he took Quincy Anunua 102 in this draft. And I can't see the whole roster, but these wide receiver picks he made to start the draft are like that galaxy brain meme unfolding in real time. And look, you do need a unique roster construction to win this overall best ball championship. And I can't think of anything more devastatingly unique than a team that starts Quincy Anunwa, Hakeem Butler, and Jalen Hurd. If anything, we should be applauding this individual for having the patience and the wherewithal to wait on drafting Tim Patrick until the late fourth. I and mean, that's, that's a lot of restraint. I don't think any single pick this year can top this first round selection by Canton Bulldogs, okay? We're in the middle of the first round. He drafted undrafted Saints rookie. Uh, let me check my notes here. Divine Azigbo. Yeah, Divine Azigbo. Sure, David Johnson was still on the board. Sure, Azigbo would have been available in the last round. Sure, he might not even make the team. Sure, this guy Canton could have spent this money on multiple beers. Sure. But fantasy football is about having fun, guys. And having fun means reaching for your guys. Here's to you, Canton Bulldogs. You clearly had dreams and aspirations of being immortalized when you made that handle. And today, you accomplished your goal because we are inducting you into the first ballot hall of shame. You did it, man. We've looked at some truly head-scratching picks today. We've seen some really, really aggressive, robust positional allocation strategies. But no one team and no one roster is bound to keep me up at night as much as this roster that Michael Dubner sent me via Grime Time 518 Now, what's so disturbing about this roster is that at first glance, the positional allocation seems somewhat reasonable. But when we start to look closer, a truly, truly unhinged madman is revealed. First, he takes Baker Mayfield at 110. Massive, massive reach, but okay. He follows it up with two sensible wide receiver picks, okay? And then, and then the coup de grace, the the actually mind-blowing pick of Terrence Sproul's who I believe is like fourth on the Eagles' JEP chart right now, Darren Sproles at 4-3. I mean, either this guy is the world's only combination Baker Mayfield and Darren Sproles superfan, or he periodically blacked out throughout this entire draft. This draft looks like it came from a guy who got absolutely obliterated, read one article about zero IRB and hyper-fragile roster construction, and then said, Let's do it live. Grime time. Logging in.
2: Grime time, baby. Grime time.
4: I'd like to imagine that's what he did after every pick. Darren Sproles. Grime time, baby. Thank you to everyone who replied on Twitter sharing your favorite worst best ball picks of the 2019 season. Let me know in the comments if you have any others that you've seen. We can all laugh through the tears together.
1: What's up, Grinders. Dean here at Dean seven hundred four. If you want to get all tech, follow It is five oh one on the East Coast, two oh one on the West Coast, four oh one Tennessee time. Which, of course, makes it time for the flagship show here at Rutter Grinders. It is called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft, as confirmed by the hat from One Blender, Jordan. Uh, I badgered you all pre-show. I apologize. <laughs> What's up, dude? How's a how's I don't fun? have
5: any anecdotes about playing on fantasy. <laughs> but when, I, when I win a big GPP there. I will have plenty of anecdotes, but none currently.
1: You're, what are you, babe? You're calling your son over there? Is that going to happen?
5: Uh, well, I do hope know? so. Okay, can I do, do I have the magic power to do that? Can I do that tonight? Last night was awful. Hey, last night, last night, I faded the raise completely, and it's not like anyone did very well, and I still lost. So how does that happen?
1: Well, first of all, you're breaking the rules. You, you don't care about yesterday. We don't care about tomorrow. But, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you, the entire week's been bad for me. I, I held with the almanac. Maybe that'll help, but that doesn't help me. I, I feel like I may have been duped. I bought this on the internet, and uh, it's not big. It only goes to 2,000. That won't help you now. Good point. But it's a big sample size. It's 50 years. Well,
5: then put that into your database.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm taking a cue from you. I'm, I'm going to be uh, just tournaments today, and uh, I'm I'm rolling out. I'm just, just having fun making 20 lineups, and I'm going to see I, – I was messing with the lineup builder earlier today, and I still haven't completely mastered that, but uh,
5: – did you? Did people know now that the NFL one is is live with all the new features in it with the the quick stacks and whatever? I know Britt showed a bunch of it to me before. He has a video out explaining some of the stuff. But let let me tell you, like the way that I build like lineups in NFL, like is a, is exactly the way that the quick stacks are set up. But it would always take me two hours to do in groups, and mm-hmm. now you could just it's it's. I mean it's going to be so much easier if you're building a multiple lineups from 10 to 20 to 150 uh, and make sure you're getting that first correlation second correlation and making sure that you you get the lineups that you want to have I mean I think it's a great addition
1: you know Brett showed you I thought uh Brett Brett showed you I I thought it was special because he showed me too and he was very polite about it, but it was very clear what he was basically saying. Is that he's like, look, I know you're kind of a moron when it comes to these things, and basically, you're the litmus test. If you can figure this out, if you kind of grasp the concept of what I'm saying, then everybody else is going to understand it, too. So, uh, yeah, I, I got a sneak peek as well as far as what's going down football-wise. Obviously, if you guys aren't aware, we're going to have football shows, too, if you're not aware if you're, if you're new runner-grinders. Uh, we'll have football shows on the weekends, football shows all throughout the week uh, on the YouTube and on the site as well. Lots of uh, premium content also, and uh, and also, hey, you know, what? I always ask you because, like, you're always in their uh Discord channels, tell the people what the Discord channels are because, uh, I feel like so some people have premium memberships and they're just not aware it exists, and it's very important, especially when it comes to like uh preseason football, which is tons of great knowledge being dropped in there, and that's not as uh, easy to grab if you're all by yourself.
5: No, I think that the best part of the value of a premium subscription at Roto Grinders is the Discord, and it's not just for NFL, for MLB, like the, the We, if you have the back. If Descartes the back projection, which is what I use, that channel is going twenty four seven. And Matt Meiselman is the one of the moderators in there, and it, it, we're, we're, it's it's all strategy all the time. What's owned, how, all the stuff they talk about on the show. I'm in there talking about all the time, and I'll be doing it for NFL, for NBA when that comes around. So like you get you get meansies in there. Your cheese shows up once in a while. I mean, we get all the experts in there that like it's not just answering qqs it's about having actual strategic discussions over is this stack going to be more on than that if i played this guy in this contest like the stuff that's not just like who's going to do well today but like i'm playing this i'm playing a qualifier do you think this is going to be this versus that like it's, it's it's really really important especially since a lot of the content is great that's put out by roto grinders every day from the, the musings to the NFL content is so much stuff, but it's, it's, it's built for like a wide audience as possible. So you have to take the context compared to what you're doing in daily fantasy, but in the discord, you can get as granular as you want.
1: Yeah. And they can just ask you direct questions and just kind of ping you and uh, yourself and uh, Jamino for college, you know, for, for football. And like you said, cheese is lurking means I'm sure isn't there. Plenty? He's definitely there plenty for basketball season. And he's also in there for baseball season as well. And, you know, and a lot of the members are bringing sharp information as well. Uh, Bo, you mentioned fans draft. You're going to be banking. Is does that mean you're going to be uh, playing the football season strong, especially week one with what they have going down as far as their contests?
5: Yup. I'm, there's probably going to be overlay. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to deposit a bunch of money. And like, like to, to me, to, to, to me, it's like, it's free money. When it's rake free, you pay that membership fee. Like if you, Obviously, if you're depositing a decent amount of money, you could do a wire on the bank, get away from, like, the 3% deposit fee. Uh-huh. So I'm taking advantage of that. And then, like, if, if we're going to see cash games that are overlaying, if we're going to see a, a million-dollar tournament that may be overlaying, like I've, I've I, especially when the, the, the pricing is, although it's different and the construction is different, the pricing is very similar to DraftKings, and that's where I play primarily. It's not that big of a leap to go from one side to the other and at least i'll do it during nfl season and maybe it'll it'll go on to to nba especially nba where you could play like you know five centers and i I love playing the centers in nba
1: so uh not to speak for fantasy draft per se but i i, I saw it was in a forum where, where fantasy draft was talking about one of their reps you're talking about a wire transfer i think they said a big wire transfer amount would be anything greater than two thousand uh, dollars and they would waive that fee so uh yeah, lots of reasons to play over there for sure. 100% of the entry fees, paid out 100% of the times, rate-free DFS. All right, enough shenanigans, enough pleasantries, no more anecdotes. we got to talk some baseball tonight. I'm Which, hoping for a big anecdote tonight in baseball. <laughs> I'm hoping so as well. Uh, you know, I uh, want the wire to come to me this time. After tonight, I want them to be wiring money to my account. Well, that may go down. Uh, that depends on what we do, obviously, as far as building our line of construction. And today – it's just, like, loaded as far as pitchers. You know, DeGrom at the top, you know, lean against the White Sox, well-positioned. Hunjin Ryu, uh, you know, really solid pitch pitcher-tough matchup. for Rios against Detroit, Nut matchup for sure. Flaherty's been awesome. Gets a terrible Colorado team outside of Cores without Trevor Story. You got Erod. You got Paxton, who's been up and down. Cranky, solid. Uh, Paddock, you know, good arm. Uh, Velasquez on the cheap against the terrible Marlins. Where do you want to start? Because it's pretty overwhelming. I kind of got my pull down pretty thin, surprisingly. Uh, How about you? Who's jumping off the page for you? I
5: mean, I don't think you could go wrong. I mean, obviously, we've seen you could go wrong. You could go terribly wrong. Uh, But I don't think you could go wrong. If you're playing, like, cash games, I think the the construction is going to be, like, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to get, like, DeGrom and Flaherty together. But I could see, point-per-dollar-wise, I think the two best plays are Flaherty and Velasquez. And I, and, it, and it gives you enough uh, salary to get the bats that you want. And we got some underpriced bats uh, that you could squeeze in. we got underpriced twins because they were priced to, to face Matt Boyd. So, like, if you want to go up, if you, you want to go mid-range, like, I think they're all viable constructions. And in in GBPs, it's just a matter of, of, I mean, you're playing the ownership game to some extent. I don't think there'll be any pitcher that's going to be, like, 30-plus percent owned. But if anything, if it's going to be anyone, it's probably going to be Flaherty and
1: Velasquez. So, uh, take a guess: who are the two pitchers that are predominantly in most of my lineups today?
5: Flaherty <laughs> yeah. and Velasquez. You better, you better have uh, contrarian
1: stacks. Uh, well, I, I had some. You know, I, Bryce Harper is really doing a, a terrible job at timing this baby. I want, I love Bryce Harper today. Unfortunately, he's a, he's not giving it a go. And who Travis Darden is not playing as well. Uh, and also another guy that I liked it. A lot of my guys got scraps. Oh, Rosario. Rosario's a uh, nursing uh, an anchor horse. He's got a leg. Uh, let's just, you know, make it easy. Just not pick a body part on the leg, but just say the leg in general. Uh, he's not going to give it a go. He's out of the lineup as well, but uh, I'm but taking you're a blame your loss today on his baby. That's kind of mean. Well, no, <laughs> he couldn't wait like a weekend. Um, no, no. Like uh, he's, he's, uh, he's away on paternity leave, Bryce Harper. I'm not sure. I if mean, you got to play him when he gets back. Well, well, what did Brian Dozer do last night? That was his first game back after the Was that a baby? People don't remember when the narrative doesn't work. The the way narrative streak works is you only talk about it (laughs) when it actually hits. Otherwise it's fight club. We don't talk about it. And that's that's just how that goes down. And then that's how narrative streak just stays undefeated. Um, You you mentioned the ownership. And of course, you know, we have projections out. They are fluid. They always change, you know, uh, up the lock and get more and more precise. And, uh, I'm a little bit surprised seeing DeGrom at the top. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. DeGrom is the best pitcher if salary wasn't the thing. But say it with me, we live in a world of a salary cap, and there's a lot of good step towns. And this is not, you know, uh, Cole uh, or, or uh, Verlander versus Detroit. It's a good matchup against Atlanta because uh, if you take a look at their lineup today, and that's all we care about, this Atlanta lineup is not as strong as it normally is. They have a catcher in there that strikes out a, a good bit in the minor leagues. He's projecting the strikeout according to the bat, as you mentioned. 37 uh, percent of the time when he cracks the majors so that's a nice little boost to the grom as far as the k props he's got the highest k prop on the slate eight eight and a half if you kind of work your way down uh we talked about you know a well, lin at seven and a half against those terrible white socks flarity flarity at seven and a half and i was just looking at the plate iq and it's not the best matchup from a k perspective for what it's worth like the top four guys at 18 17 12 and 13 is as far as the percentage collectively it's at 20 percent but you know, the one, The guys that are susceptible to the K are going to you know, be buried in the lineup to some degree. Hampson batting eighth, you know, Daza at 25%, McMahon at 26%, but Flaherty's also a guy that can go like seven or eight innings. He has that capability too, and also he's not priced as like an ace. So uh, I agree with you. Flaherty's my favorite pitcher dollar for dollar, and talk to me about Velasquez, who, by the way, just for fun, just to make things a little bit dicey, he's got an extreme hitter's on fire, and Velasquez has a history of being a little wonky, a little bit wild we care well
5: understand the thing first with with uh flaherty because the k rate of this lineup is a little bit lower but it's also a weaker lineup so flaherty's floor is high but his ceiling may be more limited so like i think in cash games playing flaherty and him getting six k's for his salary seven innings getting the win i think i think you're fine with but understanding gpp that yet the likelihood of an 11 K 12 K performance is probably a little bit lower than some of these other pitchers. Now with Velasquez, this Marlins lineup that, that is being thrown <laughs> out today, uh, it, the, the lineup, and this does not even include the pitcher. So understand that the pitcher strikes out at God knows how much, uh, has an ISO of 139 and a strikeout rate of 27, 26.9%. Okay. Velasquez and and also you're playing in Miami so you're protected a little bit more against fly balls so like like he's he's obviously I think he's going to be the most uh owned pitcher on the slate popular sp2 I don't think anyone's going to use him necessarily as an sp1 and then pay down in the second slot but but we've seen Velasquez you know it, he, if he's not on he's not on so he can walk three guys, give up seven runs, even in, against the Marlins, and like, don't come tilting to me. Don't come looking at your almanac, going, how, how did I figure that was going to happen?
1: But not uh, even the almanac knows what Vinny Velasquez is going mean, to do. It's just like oh, I don't know.
5: Right, we got one. Marquez behind the plate—that's a nightmare. But I mean, uh, like, it, a, lot of K's, it's nice. a lot of cases. A lot of
1: cases in this lineup. You know, Diaz has been a disaster outside of like banging a homer off at of Degrom. He's been terrible. Otherwise alfaro revenge game he strikes out 36 percent of the time uh, lewis brinson the worst non-catcher hitting baseballs hitting baseballs swinging at baseballs i should say at 32 percent as far as striking out even the top walker 24 percent their two best hitters are both in the lineup anderson and cooper but you know they still will strike out for what it's worth they actually have you know anderson's a real life major league baseball player and cooper is as well a birdies whatever um you know, not a monster K rate for Velasquez, 25% and change. The walk rate, a little bit too high at 8.9%. But, you know, the price is kind of baked in. He's always not the, he's not the most efficient guy. He's not necessarily a guy that can go terribly deep. We did see him go seven innings a few games ago, which is a nice positive sign. And, you know, six innings, what? wait, yeah, seven innings and uh, five. <laughs> like, we'll take five, I guess, maybe, I don't know. From a run prevention perspective, he should be fine. And he should strike out six or seven or five at least. I'm gonna have I'm gonna to have too much Velasquez, but we'll
5: see. I'm, I'm, I'm the other way. I'm not gonna have much of him, only because there are people in this range that have close enough projections. That you know, the variance in baseball things happen. So I mean, you could maybe I think Velasquez in cash games. I think he's probably the best play in that range.
1: Who are these people? Who, who are the pivots?
5: Oh, you could play Fultonevich. 6,900 against the Mets. The Mets don't have Frazier in the lineup, don't have Ramos in the lineup. I know he's more susceptible to lefties, but the bottom of this order is, is Guilherme, a Ligaris, Nido, and the pitcher. So like, if he could get by, I mean, Alonzo and Conforto, I mean, Panic is a lefty, but he doesn't have much power. He's pitching in New York. So like, that seems like, if you told me Faulty had more points than Velasquez, I wouldn't be shocked. You have Mitch Keller against the, Against the Reds, like, if he, show, if he showed up with 20 points, I wouldn't be shocked. You, know, you, you could even t- make a case for Jordan Lyles, for Zach Plezak. I think Plezak's upside is a little bit more limited. But, like, all these guys in, like, this 7K, 6,600 to, to 7,800 range, like, are close enough in projections. Velasquez projects better, but, like, only 10% better. So, like, in in the course of normal MLB variants, if Velasquez is going to be thirty percent owned, thirty-two percent owned on a on a thirteen game slate, and these other guys are going to be a third of that, like, I'll take my I'll I'll take my shot in large field GPPs on the other guys, and hoping Velasquez at least gets hurt enough that he only has like a nine point score. But in worst case scenario, if Velasquez puts up twenty two points, which is great for his salary. Like, all these other guys could put up 20 points anyway, and it becomes a wash.
1: Who's your favorite guy amongst that muck? Like, I Keller, you know, obviously a big prospect. He's been up and down. You know, he's definitely shown a tendency a in the minor leagues. You know, pretty decent in the majors, too. Just too wild doesn't go particularly long either. Um, you know, you said you said Lyles you threw in there. Plesek, you threw in the conversation. I guess you could enter Richards. I don't know how deep he's going to go as far as how so many pitches he's going to throw against Baltimore. Uh, you know, maybe if you get 85 pitches out of him, he could be fine. Uh, I mean, I've seen people throw out Dylan Cease just because Texas is not very good. I prefer lefties against Texas, obviously. it's still, that lineup's not very impressive. Uh, Disco against Pittsburgh, you know, favorite amongst that grouping.
5: Probably uh, Keller and uh, and Faulty.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're you're not wrong about that Mets lineup. It's, it's it's it doesn't look particularly strong today. Uh, yeah, and it's a good ballpark as well too. Keller has
5: major upside. It uh Pittsburgh, the, the stadium there limits righty power, and pretty much that's what the Reds have. And Keller's a strikeout pitcher. So, like, yeah, sure, he came, I mean, Keller could could walk five guys. I mean, he could give up a bomb. Mm-hmm. But like the Cincinnati lineup now, I mean, Dietrich's in, he's a lefty, but he also strikes out a bunch. And I mean, they're batting Tucker Barnhart fifth for crying out loud. So so <laughs> I look like, at this and I go, Yeah, there's power here. But, I mean, some warning track shots and 9Ks, I mean, for 6,600, I mean, that's a possibility. That the, the run total for the Reds is only 4.5.
1: Let's run through them, by the way. They didn't mean to cut you off. Let's run through them. We have a lot of umpire down at a lot of extremes today, for what it's worth. Uh, we have Granke with an extreme hitter's umpire, as well as Suarez. Uh, Keller, an extreme hitter's umpire, which is not a good recipe for me because that guy, he needs the corners. He needs, his, he needs two inches off the corners for me. Uh, I'm concerned for Keller. But like you said, there is K upside in theory. I don't believe he's gone beyond five. And I'm, I'm fairly certain this is a team he started against earlier this year where he was an absolute disaster in the first inning, and he kind of salvaged, and he actually was okay like the next three or four innings or so. Uh, Disco as well as drawing an extreme hitter's umpire. Velasquez, Hector Noesi, I want to hear a take because Hector Noesi. Oh, good, good. I think people are rostering him, which is like, uh, I am salivating at the thought of people rostering Hector Noesi. Oh, you are? Yeah, he's Let's a disaster. he's
5: salivating at me then.
1: Uh-oh. He is a disaster. Uh, Hector Noesi has been out of the Major Leagues for four years, and the only reason why he's in the Major Leagues currently is because the Marlins have, have yet to be relegated. They should be relegated. The only thing you need to be able to play for the Marlins is you've got to be able to work cheap, and he works cheap. He also gives up dongs. Uh, I understand we don't know about a salary cap, but I must go on a different route on that. And I also understand this is why I'm super bummed Is I was going to play a, a good bit of Philadelphia. This is why I'm mad at Bryce Harper for uh, procreating. <laughs> the wrong time <laughs> it's very disappointing for me uh dylan sees uh, extreme hitters umpire as well as as has uh lance lynn all the extremes jordan Wiles, extreme pitchers umpire and if you need one more thing to kind of persuade you on uh, jack Flaherty on the other side flaherty has got an extreme pitchers umpire Meryl kelly extreme pitchers umpire still with no interest peter lambert extreme pitchers umpire still no interest agree nope i don't agree
6: no Don't boy. agree,
1: buddy. Don't
5: agree. You know me in the vomit. It gets down to the vomit. Uh, there are going to be two guys that I may have uh, uh, eight to ten percent of. That you know, yeah. I got to hold your nose. Yeah. Stetwyler put up twenty nine points yesterday. Well, you can't. You
1: could always do that. I mean, yeah. And that's
5: what I'm aiming for. I'm trying to beat twenty six thousand people, Dean.
1: <laughs> you so know, that, Texas versus Lefties is different than uh, you know Milwaukee versus a uh, you know. What's Milwaukee. Th- no, it's St. Louis righties against St. Louis. Whatever.
5: Lefties in the lineup. He's 40. As long as they're under 5K and they can throw 90 pitches. I gotta, I gotta look at it something at some point. Hector Nawesi, the Philadelphia lineup, has a 22 k per uh K percentage. They're playing in Miami. Bryce Harper's out. Uh the fly balls are, yeah, sure. He gives up a dong. Great. If he can he give me five innings, he chucked out eight Braves. Okay. We want to live in the past. Well, he gave up
1: two homers against him, too, because he gave up two homers against everybody's face so far this year.
5: Okay, but he got, like, 16 points, and he's 5,200. So it, give me that.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I just I, – I refuse the roster Hector wasting in 2019. Let's, unless we are doing, like, Japanese baseball and Mexican. League. I don't know where he was the last four years. Maybe he was good there, but there's a reason why this guy's been out in the major leagues for four years. And he's only it thirty. also reason he's 5,200. Yes, because he's terrible. Yeah, but it, if he's not terrible today,
5: that you get so much, so much value. Correct. He he can absolutely eke his way to twelve
1: to fifteen points. That's oh possible. yeah,
5: Noacy versus Lambert. I, I I still side with Noacy. I
1: and don't a lot about Lambert. The great thing about DFS is I don't have to decide between those two. I can just say fans.
5: Well, if you went on Slate IQ, I say this every damn time. The most, the most win equity and most leverage in large field GPPs is a five-man stack with a stud pitcher and a scrub pitcher. <laughs>
1: That's
5: I mean, look, yesterday, Russ Datweiler was in the winning lineup. We had Glenn Sparkman this year. Kikuchi put up a 43-point score. Yeah, I, I mean,
1: yes, yeah, so we, we've seen, like, catchers come in. And, and, well, Wilkerson is one of the best pitchers for the Orioles this year, probably. Hey, if he was 2,700, maybe I'd roster him as my SP 2 <laughs> I feel like we moved off the top way too quickly, but let's just kind of jump back there. Uh, you know, DeGrom, I assume you think he's great, but, like, how much are you prioritizing him?
5: I'm not prioritizing him at all. I mean, any of these guys are fine. I think the the the, the person uh, the the picture I'm going to have most over the field on is Jose Berrios because I think he may get lost. I think Lynn has a great matchup against the White Sox. High strikeout rate. Uh, Degrom, if you're going to pay all the way up, people may be a little bit scared of the Braves, but so that'll limit his ownership a little. I still still be over twenty percent. I think people will t- try to take the safety of Granky. I think Granky is an absolutely fine play at eighty eight hundred, but like Barrios against, uh, the, I mean it's, it's against it's the right. Tigers. It's against the Tigers for crying that Their strike terrible. is terrible. So like, yeah, Barrios on the season has a lower strikeout rate by two or three percent than some of these some of these guys. But his prop right now is at six and a half with the juice heavily on the over. And are you going to tell me it's going to be like 10% owned?
1: It's interesting with Barrios, because I think people are playing the, it depends on where you're shopping. I'm not sure if you're playing on Fandle today, but Barrios is oh, like. Oh, no,
5: Fandle, Barrios is the, the top play easily. Okay, he's
1: yeah, crazy. just wanted, just just to clarify for those out there, like Barrios is a strong play in Fandle, and like our DK, I don't want to say he's overpriced on strap I don't want to say he's overpriced, but you have a, a discounted, I guess you could say he's a Greinke, as you mentioned, and Granky should be fine, you know, he's, Got a fine matchup, I guess. I suppose outside of facing Mike Trout and uh, Showtime Otani, oh, uh, well, we should delve into that. It's the players' uh, the players' weekend. Have you seen all the names in the back of the jerseys? Anyone kind of, kind of jump out for you? I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, so the players get to pick nicknames in the back of their jerseys. Uh, you know, a weekend for the entire year. What and is they- this, the XFL? Come on. He hate me. Yeah. No, this is the thing they've been doing for like three years now. You're not aware of this this concept? I only watch baseball because I have
5: fantasy teams. What do I care?
1: Richie Rich Hill. Had what they should do. The
5: Dean, position. Dean what they if, if they what they should do is that the DFS sites should change all the player profiles to those nicknames and completely confuse everyone.
1: <laughs> well, what would, what would be on the back of your jersey? What would be, would it be Blender? What would it be? Bomb it? What, what, what would what would be in the back?
5: Uh, probably I can't say it on the air. Well, there you go. Well, they
1: also wouldn't let like certain guys wear certain things. I can't, there was some guy they wouldn't let wear. Uh, I don't recall what it was necessarily. I just went ahead and dropped it in the, in the chat for the people out there. Pick out the best ones. Let me know because uh, yeah, I don't remember if they let him do it or not. Let him do it. But Rich Hill wanted to be Dick Bouton, you know, because Richard, you know, I'm sure you can piece that together. Um, And I don't remember if he, that, that happened last year or not, but I know he definitely wanted to make that happen. But the, you know, there you go. There's all the names. Have at it. They got a couple of good ones. Let, let us know in the chat because we can't. You know, at the time, I kind of scroll through all of them. Yes, uh, Vogelbach, I don't, hopefully he has something related to Girth in his name. I'm guessing he doesn't. I can't see what Vogelbach has. Jumping back to pitchers. Um, yeah, I'm with you on Barrios, on Fandle, on DK, on a fanstrap. I don't know if, how much I can get there. He's in my pool, for what it's worth. Uh, and then there's other pitchers like Erod. He's fine, but probably not going to have much, if at all, any. Paxton, I guess he's fine against the Dodgers because, you know, he's, a, well, he's fine for tournaments, I should say. Something like right. I mean, if he's going to come in at eight percent
5: not I mean, he's a I mean, he's a decent K prop, and the Dodgers. I mean, look, look what happened with the, yesterday with August back. He shut down the Dodgers, and this is Paxton. Yeah. if Paxton. I mean, Paxton technically has the highest K rate, like on a large sample size, off than any other pitcher on this slate. So it wouldn't shock me if he went out and struck out ten. The problem with Paxton though, and his ceiling, is that he's not going to pitch more than hundred pitches. Like it's like he he hasn't done that since what April. So that's the only thing that would concern me there. But, I mean, it's kind of baked into his price at 9K. But, I mean, it's not going to be popular.
1: The best hitters for the Dodgers are lefties as well. By the way, DeGrom's got a bigger K percentage than Paxton. I'm not really sure what you're looking at. 31.1% for DeGrom, Paxton at 28.8. doesn't matter, but, you know, it's still pretty strong.
5: I think it's same-sided, like lefties versus lefties and righties versus righties.
1: Okay, you're, you're, you're splitting it up. Okay, I'm talking like the collective as far as all the arms. I,
5: whenever, I'm going to make it whatever stats
1: make me right. Yeah, the, uh, the, the chat's right. i do not really sure what my nickname would be, but for sure, my number would have to be 7904, right? Okay. It shows uh, it shows how far down on the depth chart you are. <laughs> I'm playing left out or, you know. You're well, playing the parking lot at that point. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? It's, it's, been, it's been a rough off season for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, what other pitchers are worth mentioning here? We, we, we do talk about Hector noisi which is important, of course. Paddock, by the way, another guy that's cheap on Fandle. I don't know if I'm going to get there because who wants to pick on Boston? Uh, and we know Paddock is a guy that they're not necessarily pushing because why would you? Uh, you know, young prized arm. There's no reason to let him go too far, as far as uh, innings or as far as pitches. Uh, any other takes here that are worth kind of throwing out there?
5: I think I think today is going to be defined by stacks, and there's going to be so spread out on ownership enough at pitcher that like I don't, I think that a good third of these pitchers, including Noacy and Lambert. If you want to do the up and down approach, uh are are viable. And it just comes down to like make your five man on DraftKings. On FanDuel, you're making the four four. On DraftKings, you're making five X or five three or something. Like make your stack first and then fit in the pitchers. And then any of the any of the pitchers that we talked about, pick two of them, and that seems to be fine to me.
1: Uh I'm seeing Devin here, our fabulous multitasking producer dropping a link here in chat. He wants us to know that uh Talk about pitching projected ownership during the premium peak. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll, we'll definitely pull it up for sure. By the way, uh, so Ronnie Rodriguez, in the back of his jersey, is going to have El Felino because he apparently in the offseason is a singer and a rapper in the DR, the Dominican Republic. I was not aware of it. Have you, have you downloaded uh, Ronnie Rodriguez and stuff? No, I've rostered him a bunch. <laughs> yeah, El felino that's the feline, I believe? The cat. Yeah, well, I think Gato is cat, is it not? I don't know. I don't. I don't speak. I, don't, I speak English. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, remember Andres Galarraga? I'm not really sure if you recall, but remember Elgato El Grande, the big cat? Remember him? Yeah, sure. <laughs> So, you're mentioning names that are in your almanac he's, <laughs> he's gonna hit 47 home runs in course what's like uh, right. not I'm shame. playing Brady Anderson tonight Is uh,
5: where is he in the pool
1: you gotta catch him in the rights. I think it's 1989 was it 1989 when Brady Anderson at like 51 homers or something? Yeah, like whatever there? year he was taking steroids yeah, whatever. allegedly he never got caught and he had the, he had the power of sideburns his sideburns <laughs> were amazing I, I as inspired by uh, Luke Perry I believe second Luke Perry mention uh, of the week by the way smash the over on luke perry mentions for the week and smash the like button on youtube look at that yeah there you go <laughs> they're like well, why are they talking about luke perry uh and the uh, andres galarraga and dfs uh, why would they be encouraged to smash the like button Well, will smash it nonetheless or just tap smash,
5: it. i don't even know what that does it supposedly it does something it helps us out in
1: some way analytics i guess the analytics on the youtube it's above my pay grade i'm not exactly sure but yeah feel free to like and subscribe and Smash, tap, do whatever it does. to you know to hit the like button. Pretend you're smashing Dean's face. Well, why?
5: <laughs> why would you want to smash? say. At least that's how I visualize. It. <laughs> Fair
1: enough. Oh man, it's funny when you were mentioning vomit stacks before. I was thinking in my head. Like, the, again, uh, this is where my brain goes. I, it used to be a fun concept, probably a tricky setup. Remember back in the day, Double Dare with the slime. You should have, like, a prop set up, like, where you can dump – well, I I should be able to pull on the chain, and somehow it reaches over there. Oh,
5: the other way around.
1: I do it, and you get wet. (laughs) Wow. We've gone off the rails. We're off the trolley. Summarize the arms for me. Play whoever you want in GBP, as long as they fit. Well, that's – I mean, okay. (laughs) Okay.
5: Flaherty and and Blasquez, chalky. Okay, that combo, whatever. The Grum, if you're going up, but you're probably going to have to pay a little bit down in order to fit a stack that you want. I think the Grum's ownership is going to be a slightly deflated, but I think still maybe over owned. I think you could use Berrios or Lin instead. I think you could play Granky. You could do like Granky Flaherty and still have a, but that may be too chalky in GPP. But I mean, I think any anyone from like 6.6K and above, most of the guys that we mentioned, if you play two of them, uh, like I, I don't think I don't think you can. You're, that's going to decide your fate in GPP as much as you know what stack you're playing and whether or not they go off. All
1: right, Devin's going to drop this link in chat for you guys. If you're not aware, we talk about it every single day. Maybe you're new. I suppose we get new people along the way, despite the fact it's like we're in the back half, or in the quarter, uh, the quarter pull here of the season. Uh, you know, you want to rock the rotor badge? It, we give you an incentive to do so. I don't know what the incentive is to smash the like button, unless just visualizing my face. Apparently, I guess that's the incentive you gave the people. But if we do give you an incentive to, uh, you know, to hit the the old uh, rotor grinders avatar, uh, you know, roster that throughout uh, all the different sites in the industry, because you finish the top ten of certain designated contest, you win yourself one month of RG premium. All the things that Blender was talking about before that could be yours for one month. Uh, we want to give a shout out to those that are actually do, doing so that have done so in the last 24 hours. We got Silly Dad 101 and MHDU 2424. Talk to me about bats. Uh, give me your favorite stacks today. Uh,
5: I mean, slate IQ still has to be updated a bit uh, based on based on the OIC. Remember, I played contrarian yesterday. I played zero raise, zero, not even one off, just none. Uh, today I actually may play them because I think on a 13 game slate they may they may be efficiently owned. Uh, Toronto is going to be the chalk because they're so cheap. Uh, the Rays are going to be chalky. The Twins are going to be a bit chalky depending on your combination because because Cruz is very expensive. But their price is if they're facing Boyd, so you get Polanco and Kepler and and Marvin Gonzalez is batting fourth at third base. You could do that. Uh, so understand that's like kind of the chalky stuff. Off of that, off of that chalk. Uh, if you want to take the shot, I'm not saying that I will. I'm not saying it's a good idea. But if Velasquez is gonna be 30 percent down, Marlin stacked, You can't. I mean, or something. You can. I mean, that that's like the. Think of that as the concept. You don't have to do that today, but typically stacking <laughs> SP two is, is is a viable strategy. I think uh, Cleveland may be in a decent spot against uh, Junis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston looks good against Suarez, but that stack is very expensive. I think the stack that I'm looking at, the game that I'm looking at, that may go overlooked ownership-wise, is the Arizona-Milwaukee game. That game's at a 10 total. It's in Milwaukee. Diamondbacks are getting the ballpark upgrade. Milwaukee's facing uh, uh, Merrill Kelly, who's horrible. They have a whole bunch of lefties in that lineup. So, like, Grandal, Moustakis, Grissom, if he big, I don't even know. I didn't see the order. He's not in there. Okay, he would have yeah. been cheap, but I mean, all the lefties there are fine. And then Lyles, Lyles is a high variance pitcher. If you want to, if you want to roster Lyles, he can put he can put up a twenty five plus point score today. But he typically struggles against lefties. And this Diamondbacks roster lineup has a as base. I mean, Dyson is a little cheap, uh, expensive at forty eight hundred, but these guys are expensive, expensive like Escobar and Marte, then you get Peralta and Lamb and Kelly and Ahmed are expensive. Like, it's going to lower their ownership to the point of stupid – because people are going to play the Twins. Lamb is the
1: one cheap guy. That's it.
5: Right. But this is a spot with the ballpark upgrade, lefties against Lyles, that, you know, Lyles could give up three, four home runs, and these guys could be 2% owned. But just understand you're paying for it. So, like, pairing this stack with, like, a cheap three-man or doing the – the the playing a Lambert or an OAC in your SB two spot, like you're going to get a lot of leverage in GPPs. So I'm not saying to go all in on that, but it's, it's the type of game where the ballpark that they're at and the ownership percentage is the way that I see them. That uh, if you're aiming for the top of GPPs and you don't mind coming in last, otherwise, I think I maybe pay attention. to. All
1: right. Catchers. Uh, Kind of bummed there's no Travis Dardot, but we do get Mike Zanino on the Chiefs. And Zanino is one deal. He's got to hit the ball right. That's kind of tricky for him sometimes. But he's facing one Ty Block, who's got a uh, what a 16% K rate on the season. Uh, he's a disaster. The bullpen behind him is a disaster. I know he's a uh, I know he's batting ninth, but he's on the road, so he's well positioned to get those four APs no matter what. Basically, uh, assuming they do like you know they don't get shut out, which is probably not going to happen. That's one of the guys you know dollar for dollar that makes sense to me. Of course, if you have more funds, I like Brandal. I like Real Muto versus the aforementioned after uh, revenge game for Real Muto, too, uh, versus the aforementioned Noisi. And that that terrible Marlins bullpen, which, by the way, I was digging into earlier today. Uh, you know who has not pitched for the Marlins much of late? He's thrown 11 pitches in the last five games. Wei Chen. There's a decent chance we get some Wei in Chen in our lives tonight. Uh, after Noisi gets smashed, if he gets smashed, we might see two or three innings at a Wei in Chen, the most overpriced reliever in all of baseball. Uh, locked in for nine, of course, and the Marlins – uh, since the All Star breaker, as far as their, uh, their current roster, because the Marlins traded away Nick Anderson, really good arm for Tampa. They traded away Trevor Richards, really, really solid arm there for Tampa as well. Imagine that. The Marlins made a bad trade. Would not have seen that coming. Uh, they got Lewis both Brinson, that's all
5: that matters, right? Lewis Brinson.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> they got Lewis Brinson. <laughs> he's still going to, yes, he's got the unfair comp of being the guy traded for Kristen Yelich um yeah so the marlins go tons of homers i understand that ballpark stinks but and i understand that fully lineup's not particularly good either but i will have more Phillies. than most starting with real muto i'm going to kind of squeeze him in there how about yourself catcher what are you doing i
5: think the, i think zunino is not cheap enough for the fact that he has a million percent strikeout rate uh i think if you if you have uh, i think on this slate in cash on DraftKings at least uh you'll be able to find the, a little extra money to go up to someone like like torino's or I mean, if you could get up to Grandall, I think that's the, that's the best option at forty three hundred. But I think I you, I wouldn't be opposed to Barnhart at thirty five hundred. I wouldn't be opposed to even going hey going all the way down and taking like nido at twenty six hundred. Don't take Jeff Mathis. Don't do what Stevie
1: does. And yeah, you know, take a, I know he he's got not going to suck base. out and get uh, get a stolen base in the back half of a double steal. Like that's not going to happen again.
5: Right. I mean, I know they're on the road, but I mean, yeah, that's a punt catcher. I just don't think, I just, like, if Zanino was like 600 less, like, yeah, he's one of those type of guys that he'll either, he's going to give you a zero or a 14. He's going to get a hit one out or strike out four times. It's not necessarily the best way I think about playing cash, but I don't play him be cash. So do whatever you want.
1: Yeah. I'm okay with Chirinos there in the picture. I'm not sure if you mentioned him as far as you know, Houston stack or just a, you know, as a decent catcher, you know, on his own against Suarez, who's been not good versus righties. Um, anybody, do you have a vomit catcher? Because I, that was my problem. I couldn't really find one that I was okay with. Can you just, can, can we put like a video, can Devin, can can we put like a video
5: reel? Can I pre-record something that's like, that's like, well, by default, just put the catcher who's whatever stack you're playing. and It doesn't matter. If you're playing a Rangers stack, play Mathis. I'll, I'll give you permission to do that. That's perfectly fine if you want to if you want to play you know a Dom Nunez in a in a rocky stack that, good good luck to you, that's fine so like that that there's no vomit catcher. It's just like whatever the fifth guy on your stack is. So who cares if you're vomiting in the process? just do it. why not
1: so first base i uh so you know I understand the concept here the, you can break the rules once you understand the rules, right? The rules are you're not supposed to like hit the lock button on like a baseball player like a hitter. Like, you're, you're not supposed to do that if you're making, like, you know, more than 10, more than 15, more than 20 lineups. Would you agree that that's a rule, basically?
5: I mean, you can, but, I mean, I, I wouldn't suggest it. I did it. I did it. And, I mean, it's oh, pretty quick. No, don't 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 you don't tell me you did it with Hoskins. Of course I did. Like,
1: you know, during football season, every once in a while, I just kind of decide, like, this wide receiver, he's going to get behind the defense, he's going to catch a 60-yard touchdown pass. Earlier today I just decided like Hoskins is gonna hit a Homer.
5: Oh,
0: it's I not, need to get
5: so much more Noesi exposure now. It's not, so no, the it's
1: not working out for you. Oh, it's happening. It's going no, down. It's
5: not. It never works out for you, Dean.
1: <laughs> I mean, mathematically it has to at some point. You think so, but it doesn't. So Detweiler can like, you know, you can you can follow the Detweiler, but you can't fall into a Hoskins Homer? That's not gonna happen?
5: Well, if, if you're going ball in, that means I got it. I'm, I'm taking, I'm maybe I'm lock-bucking Noeci now.
1: Okay, well, good luck with that. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm just hitting the lock button on, on Hoskins uh, uh, for DK. Uh, it, the price is really, really good. First base is not deep. We'll talk about it. I don't like first base. Uh, there are some other options, that, of course, and there's a lot of guys that can get there. But like, you know, if you want to play Freeman against the Grom, have at it. Of course, he can get there. You know, Bell against Disco, not a great ballpark, but it's perfectly fine on the left side. And, you know, Bell's been kind of had a, a tail of two seasons. He's in the back end, you know, of, of the Bell curve. As far as the second half, it's not been very good for him. G- give me the pivots at second, at, at, at first base because I'm looking at it and I'm like, I just don't love it. And, again, I decided he's going to homer. And that's it. I can't change my mind. No, I don't
5: think it's a bad play. I'm making fun of you of the fact that, like, now that you're playing him, like everyone that's listening, every all the people in the chat, if Hoskins gets a zero, it's Dean's fault. Okay, yes. just understand that. That's that's what happens. I think I think the the best option
1: I'm not
5: On DraftKings at first base is uh, Jesus Aguiar 3900 against Bloch. Jesus Jesus whatever. <laughs> whatever it is. I did not I don't know what El Gato meant. So what I'm just going to just gonna <laughs> So like if you're not if you're not playing Hoskins, I think you play I mean you're I don't think you're paying up at first base in cash on DraftKings and then uh if you want to pay like Josh Bell at 5K against D. Slafani, who's bad against the lefties, I guess. I mean, he's going to be 3% owned. I mean, this is the, I think a lot of ownership is going to go towards like Aguiar Hoskins and maybe Goldie against Lambert. And then if you're not playing either of those three, like any anyone you play is going to be contrarian. So feel yeah. free to take, either play the guy that's in your stack or play a first base one off. I mean, play. I mean, it could be anyone. Anyone with power. Play Pete Alonso against faulty for fifty three hundred. Play Vogelback if he's in the lineup uh, against Thornton. Like, the, I don't O'Hearn going all the way down to three k, but that's he's the Jeff Mathis of first base. So like, I don't. <laughs> he could hit a home run, or he could get absolutely nothing.
1: O'Hearn has been so bad for me. Uh, but but you mentioned yeah, you know, smoke is kind of cheap. You mentioned Toronto as far as a stack earlier, and I don't really know what's going to happen with Sheffield. Like he he's a, a an uber prospect i wouldn't say uber he's a big time prospect he was in uh, the james ba- james paxton deal um he is incredibly wild he was good at double a and bad at triple a his numbers you know in the, down the, in the farm are all over the place um really interesting in 133 innings though even when he was bad 133 innings only one homer he gave up but he also doesn't like he walks too many guys I, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I do think it's really interesting to, to consider that Toronto side, as far as a stack, like you suggested Comment here in chat says, never forget the card. said debt layer was garbage yesterday and he was garbage yesterday, but like, you can't, you don't have the time to sit there and say, but you ha- add the qualifier of like for every single player. Yes. He's garbage, but yes, it's baseball and like wonky things can happen. And absolutely. He's professional and things can go his way for seven innings. You can't say it to everybody, but like he was garbage. Garbage. Right, just
5: like today at the end of the day when Hector Nueci has the complete game shutout. Correct. Saying that
1: tomorrow. In Nueci's garbage. No matter what happens in the Wacy star, he is garbage. <laughs> no, but it's, it's a matter of Babip and just like the Texas lineup had so
5: many strikeouts in it. And uh, but that's but that's the point. When I when I start talking about the vomit pitchers, that's what I'm talking about. Like nine, like eight out of ten times, they're garbage. One out of 10 times, they put up a score that wins you a GPP, and
1: then one out of 10 times, it's just like whatever it is. got to hold off on the anecdotes because we're behind on time. we got to hit the accelerator. Uh, Keystone in second base, if you're going to splurge, you have all the money in the world. I think out two base is the place to go. Uh, we like Moose as well. Guy that, I like Moose as well. It sounds like you're on that Milwaukee side also. Um, who else is jumping out for you at second, or if you have any thoughts on those guys, feel free to fire away.
5: I think in cash games on DraftKings, uh, you're not paying up at second base. You're going to just take like – isan Ison es- Ison diaz against i mean you could play hey you could even play him with velasquez in your lineup in cash it doesn't really matter or you're going to go down and take like jason kipnis at 3800 you 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 could rough Ruggedo R- door i don't consider him to be a cash play because he doesn't give you any points if he can't hit the ball you could even take a shot at like uh like a Colton Wong or Josh Van Meter, and like the four K, I just don't think you're going all the way up to fifty three hundred for Altuve, with with a line of construction for DK Cash. So you're going to try to find, you know, hold your nose. You're not even going to go to Mistakas. Like you're not going to have the money for that. That's the main reason why in GPP, like I like him the best at second base, as even just a one off, not even in a Milwaukee stack against Merrill Kelly, because like we currently the Jamino's hamster wheel has him at three percent owned. Uh, I think he'll be a little bit higher than that, but I don't. I, he may not crack 10, percent and uh, he has double on potential at second base at a position that, if you take a look at, like you may not get many home runs in this slot. So if you could get one, you're probably very ahead of the field in GPP.
1: Again, same deal at third base as far as the Astros. You have all the money in the world. I think uh, Bregman's the clear top play. Uh, you know, we live in the world with salary caps, and you can't necessarily get there unless you're rostering the likes of Hector Neris. Uh, Matt Duffy as a salary saver leading off versus Ty Bloch, uh, and that terrible bullpen, probably five ABs. He's not a great hitter necessarily, but you get those five at bats and, you know, we have a team total uh, above six. So I think he's kind of interesting as a salary saver. Vladdy Guerrero seems a little too cheap, uh, versus, uh, you know, the Seattle pitcher we're talking about Sheffield, who's kind of all over the place. Uh, so no, I like that Minnesota side a good bit. Well, and I feel like some of the Minnesota players might've been priced to face, um, The good Detroit pitcher, I'm forgetting his name, Matt something. Why am I forgetting his last name? Whoever the one good uh, Tigers pitcher's name is, uh, is not pitching. He might have had a baby too. He had something going on. He's not playing tonight. Uh, And also Moose, you can uh, play him here if you're not playing him at second. Your thoughts as far as third?
5: Uh, In GPP, I may not have zero Matt Duffy. If you I mean, he's not much of a hitter. I mean, you're playing him because he's 3,100, and he's batting leadoff for a team with a six-plus implied run total. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure, he could hit a bomb. Sure, he could you know, go four for five. You're right, it, it could happen. But I think projection systems are, are going to weigh, you know, point-per-dollar-wise is, is too high. I think, yes, you could get away with him in cash on DraftKings at 3,100. But if Matt Duffy is going to be 18%, 20%, if he's going to come in at that ownership, if if the optimizer is going to spit out, if, not, if you don't change the settings, that he spits out 30% of him in GPP, like – I'd much rather get the 900 and go up to Vlad against Sheffield. I mean, if or go all the way up and get Bregman against Suarez. I mean, or play uh, Jose Ramirez at 4,700 or Sano at 4,700 or Marwin at 39. Like, I like Guerrero and Gonzalez for 800 to 900 more because I could see uh, an instance where they could put up 20-plus points. I just don't see many instances Duffy does.
1: Uh, shortstop the twins once again kind of jump up a page for me you know uh, Polanco I think it's a significant enough break from uh, Bregman where he's worth playing and of course you're playing Bregman at third potentially as well uh, I like Minnesota a good bit 6.4 as far as their team total a little bit different of a lineup with uh with you know some of the different names being shuffled in and out with Rosario being injured Kepler uh, Polanco Cruz the aforementioned Gonzalez, Mario Gonzalez is actually batting fifth uh, I'm sorry fourth uh, Array is batting fifth as well so no plenty pop in the world as well uh then has got great BVP. i know the kids out there love the BVP. this cleveland team has actually faced uh junis i believe like four or five times so far this season a lot which is not too surprising because he played in the same division who's jumping out for you as far as shortstop i thought you said we were done with the anecdotes you're, mentioning,
5: you're mentioning BVP, and that's, that's right. not anecdotes that's, that's anecdotal it. data come on you'll <laughs> know it Oh, he's he's two for four. He's oh, he's grounded. He's getting three home runs and seventy four and pass. Who, who knows? Who cares? Just the facts. Those anecdotes? Those are anecdotes. Give me the facts at shortstop. Okay, the facts at shortstop is uh, probably with, with the pricing inefficiency. If you could get Polanco at forty four hundred, he's probably the best cash play. I think uh, if you're paying up Lindor at five k or Bregman is fine. Uh, you could get away with because he's now batting fifth in the lineup. Willie Adams at thirty nine hundred. I'd much rather maybe a little bit cheaper. And actually, Adams is better to righties than he is to lefties. But he's going to get ownership, especially in uh, in Tampa Bay stacks. Like if you're going to play Ray stacks, I don't think you play like if you play the most popular Ray stack is going to be something like Duffy, uh, Duffy Adams, Aguiar, and then like Famine Meadows or like and two of the outfielders. Uh, I think you'd try to, if you're going to play a raid stack, eliminate one of those cheaper guys. Eliminate Duffy and take a third baseman that could hit a home run. Or you get rid of Adamus and you play like, even play like JP Crawford against Thornton. Or play, uh, hey, against Noesi, play Gene Segura at 4,200. There you go. I mean, play a one. I mean, you could play a one off type of guy that has some power. Play Paul DeJong, play someone like that. I mean, I know you're, you're aiming for correlation in raid stacks. But, like, you don't want to have, I'm going to play Flaherty, Velasquez, five-man stack and underpriced twins, and a Jays bat. Like, yeah, you're going to play guys that are all double-digit owned. You're not winning a big-field GPP that way. You can do it in single entry as long as you differentiate at one or two spots. But uh, if you're going to be playing that type of lineup in big-field GPPs, just, just don't enter those contests.
1: I don't love the outfield considering there are like so many teams playing baseball tonight. Yellich, of course, if you have the one in the world, you know, awesome play. Uh, we talked about FAM. You mentioned FAM there as far as your race stack. Like him a good bit. Springer as well. Kepler seems a little bit too cheap. Again, I think he was Pricer facing Boyd. Uh, Chew's on my radar. Fowler's on my radar as well. You have an underpriced Aaron Judge. Uh, Got to cross Bryce Harper off the list, unfortunately. I'm okay with C-Dick. Uh, Corey Dickerson, he might have that in the back of his jersey. I wonder if we will be good with that. I'm curious what's on the back of his jersey tonight. Uh, you tell me what's jumping out for you in the outfit because my concern is my issue is from a lighting building uh, you know situation. There's not a lot of cheap outfielders I like. There's Lewis Brinson. There's always, Lewis Brinson. Feel free to t-
5: feel free to just PayPal me your money at that point. It costs nothing.
1: But I don't care. I will
5: never mind. roster this guy. I don't think I'll ever roster this guy. Yeah. Uh, now the ones the, the cheap outfielders that are popping out are the Blue Jays. I mean, that's where where you're going to get your value because they're on the road against Sheffield. They're going to have, uh, you know, Gritchuk and uh, Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, we don't have the line. Do we, do we not have the re- – the, uh, let me – you've taught me how to do it, Dean. Let-
1: Hit the old refresh button, man. Make it happen.
5: Press the refresh button. Did it happen? I know they're the late game.
1: I don't believe that's out just yet.
5: Okay, so I didn't need to.
1: Yeah. We have a projected lineup, but yeah.
5: Right. But, I mean, even if just one of them, Gritschuk or Hernandez, they're both under – they're almost under a 4K. Just understand that they have decent strikeout rates, but they have the platoon advantage – Uh, against Sheffield Uh, so you could definitely get away with him I'm not a big fan of playing judge against Ryu it's it's something that I may not do in GPP but I wouldn't call you nuts for for playing that Uh, I think if you could get I think if you could pay in the mid-range I think Kepler's the best cash bat at 4,700 because Cruz is is 5,800 so you you know I way up there Uh, and uh, you could, I could even see with this lineup, you can play Lorenzo Kane at 4,200. I don't think that's crazy. Uh, I mean, like, fam is 5,100. Like, I think he's more gonna be more popular in stacks than as a cash outfielder. Uh, you could get away with Puig, you get away with Peralta in the mid range, but I think you're gonna have to go down and take like one of the Blue Jays outfielders. You could get away with like a Fowler against Lambert at 4,200. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Fran. I know Fran Reyes may project decently at 30. Excellent. I got Fran Mill. Yeah, but he's understanding cash games. Like, he may get zero because. I love playing cash games. Oh, go. Cool. So we don't have to
1: worry about it, yeah. dude.
5: Let's not worry about I'm, worrying. Not I'm cash.
1: Playing game cash. <laughs> oh, Fran Reyes? Oh, sure. Then play him all you want. We like- got to the- fire up the screen share. The people have demanded that we go back and talk about ownership percentage. Uh, so go ahead. Feel free to hit the old refresh button. Tell me what your thoughts are as far as. Uh, you know, the ownership percentage on pitchers, we're seeing DeGrom at 24%. I feel like that's dropped a little bit since the, the beginning of the show, which makes sense to me. Flaherty at 21, uh, Velasquez at 20, Foltys at 19, Keller's at 17. Oof, Frankie at 16. It's, it's uh, There's a lot of options out there. But you see how
5: it's going to be spread out. That's why I said I think it's going to be decided more by by your, your five-man stacks because, like, any of these guys in double digits, like above, like, play any – like, I, I
1: don't consider it to be – you could know, do it. All of them could be fine. All of them could make value. Well, like tell me who are who you're making the biggest stand on? Like who are you like uh, the, the highest above or below? Are as-
5: I told you that before, because at the lowest ownership against the, the Tigers who could strike out a million times, like why not? Like like him and Lynn, like my, my attitude is, is that like the at 24, I mean, you're not getting all that much leverage at picture today. I think except for like fading like a Velasquez. So, like, it, I don't have to take big stands. I don't have to, like, not play DeGrom. I'm playing 150 lineups tonight. I yeah. will have some DeGrom, but I probably will be under 24%. And I will have Berrios, but it's not like I'm going to have him in 40% of my lineups. But I could have Berrios at 22%. I could have Lynn at 20%. I could have maybe a, be a little under. In, maybe I only have Granky in 8%. Like, I'm doing stuff like that at pitcher because I'm taking more of my stands at in my batter slots that I, I just want to have enough price ranges of pitch. That's why I have my Noacy and Lambert crap vomit pitcher for those
1: types of construction. Right, well, let's take a look at the batters in just one second. got to say, my, my pool is, uh, as of right now, may take her up to the show. It's uh, DeGrom, Flaherty, Velasquez, Granky, and Barrios. I think that's all I had as far as my pitcher pool. I don't matter if you line up to the guy 20 out there. Uh, well, you have to play cheap stacks then. Yeah, that's well, I'm not playing stacks, so that's how I'm differentiating. I'm just kind of like, playing oh, it. you're differentiated by losing. Oh, that's a good strategy. <laughs> I mean, y- the idea that you have to have to stack to win is preposterous. I get Oh, I it's proven mathematically, Dean. It's proven. It's uh, that's why we well, have it's proven mathematically that Ross Dettmother is terrible, but you also can have a really good game. You're you're okay, you're absolutely right. So, so you, 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 you can't have it both ways.
5: No, but right. you're going to be paying the same amount. Like this twenty-six uh, in the in the twenty the twenty max. What is there like twelve thousand entries or something? I don't know. So you don't even know. You don't even know the math to do. <laughs> no, you're we don't have time. time. We have four minutes before uh, we step aside and get out
1: of here. A, a I'm, trying to, blame, I'm, I'm trying, trying to make you not lose, Dean. You're not helping. Letting me help you. We have QQ. We don't. We didn't. You didn't have all those anecdotes earlier on the show. We wouldn't. We would have uh, be able to talk oh, about. It's this my door. fault now. Nah, yes, yeah, right. so I'm blaming it on you. Uh, You had to talk about double there for no particular reason. Uh, One of those QQs in chat as I'm pulling up the screen share as far as uh, the team ownership. We're seeing uh, Tampa Bay is the highest team ownership, and Houston's coming in next. Kind of scrolling down, we're seeing Cleveland. But none of these are jumping off the page. 8%, 8%, 6%. Give me 30 seconds on this because we have questions loading up. Uh, Based on Slate IQ, the highest leverage currently
5: uh, stacks would be that have a decent enough win percentage would be like Texas, Milwaukee I think I think it, according to slate i q right now it it shows that Tampa is not is has the highest win expectation, but it's still not going to be owned enough it's going to be close, but it's not going to be one of those situations where it's like completely and utterly over owned so like really when it comes to these stacks, I'm looking through slate i q and Like, it's the type of thing, like, take a stand, take a couple of stacks that you think are the best and don't necessarily worry that much about ownership.
1: I'm mathematically challenged. I said 30 seconds. You went went wanted a whole rant there. But all right, we got to (laughs) go. We have some questions lined up. Uh, Just to reiterate your favorite stacks, give me three guys that are going to homer. We'll knock out some questions in chat before you step aside and make way for crunch time. Of course, if you guys are premium members, you can have all your questions answered by Tuttle. Roth will tell you about weather that's lurking out there. Stacks, dongs, fire. Uh, I said before,
5: my, my my off-the-board stacks are Milwaukee and Arizona there. And uh, Mustakis home run, uh, I could definitely – I mean, it's not going to be Hoskins. Definitely not going to be Hoskins. <laughs>
1: it's going to be Hoskins. He's banging on at least one. He's going to do it early, too, just for fun. Just this, uh, There's no sweating at all involved. Uh, okay. I got a twofer for you for cash. I know it's not your uh, genre, per se. Springer and Vladdy versus uh, Boomstick and Tano. I'll Gladyside. yeah I, i'd agree with you randall gritchett over under two and a half homers uh, under <laughs> that's easy <laughs> you don't want to be contrarian in that one uh so what's the over under and how many times teacher gets a hit tonight i don't he know gets one. hit by a pitch he always gets hit by pitches <laughs> uh, does, keller, does keller have a slider i i don't know i can't uh i, I don't have think... a slider probably but if he's a change-up pitcher i don't think so how about a Brinson-Doubledong patrol? Like, that's not going to happen. Uh, Navarre's versus Chirinos in a uh, in a vacuum. Uh, Chirinos? Against Suarez? Are you kidding me? Well, Yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, favorite two cheap raise as far as FanDuel cash?
5: I think to use the scarce positions. I think Adamas. I don't necessarily know the FanDuel pricing that well, but I'd be more inclined to use the cheap raise at positions that are second base and shortstop.
1: I like fam. Uh, I'll say that. I don't
5: know. know. It's outfield. I mean, there's a lot of options there.
1: We went through the umpires already. Unfortunately, they're asking for it again. Maybe we'll check, take a peek in a second. If we can have have time. They're all
5: extreme. They're all, they're going to be coming out like, you know, like the Legion of doom in old WWF. (laughs) Bikes and stuff. It's that's what it says on the, on line of HQ.
1: Every, everyone's extreme tonight. Were you a Legion of doom guy or are you a demolition guy?
5: Oh, I like Demolition. Wow, there you go. For the name, uh, I have a question. I know it's not an anecdote. (laughs) When they do the nicknames on the players' jerseys, are they also going to do it
1: on the umpires also? I don't know. But the best one that I saw was uh, there's a guy with the last name uh, Marshall, like a pitcher for Oakland or something like that. And on the back of his jersey, it's Forgetting Sarah. Uh, There you go. Uh, Let's see. What else do we have? Oh, how about Abraham Toro for Houston? Yeah, he's playable. Uh, I don't mind him. He's got some decent minor league uh, prospects. and. He's well-positioned in a good lineup, so I have no issues with that. A uh, few more questions or a question or two before we step aside. Oh, actually, you know what? Once I have time, let's take a look, uh, reiterate as far as the pitching data. Uh, it's probably the screen share is no longer up, but I can just kind of vocalize it for the people. Uh, extreme pitchers umpire, Lyles, Flaherty, Kelly, Lambert. Extreme hitters umpire, uh, Suarez, Granky, Keller, Disco, Velasquez, Noesi, Lynn, Cease. Do we care?
5: Well, I mean, anything could happen in baseball. I mean, you can adjust the projection a little bit, but it definitely doesn't make it that. The the batters still have to hit the ball.
1: Why can't anything happen in baseball, but like you can't make a team that's not stacked and win in VFS?
5: No, well, percentage, you're right. Anything could happen today, but from an expected value perspective, you're going to be
1: losing money in the process. Correct, but when everybody else is following that path, then all of a sudden because it's mathematically more probable and it's mathematically more probable that no is going to stink and it's mathematically more probable that Flaherty is going to be good but you're you're taking the math and playing against the math by saying I'm not going to roster those guys no 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 I'm I'm playing for the math because the ownership percentage is based upon what other people are doing and you're going opposite what other people are doing based upon math no no but no
5: you're going opposite by stacking because people don't stack enough still they should be (laughs)
1: Stack. <laughs> people stack up plenty what do you know no
5: they don't they still don't stack enough
1: you get the final word finish strong
5: that is my final word if you're not stacking you're you're losing so good luck right. with
1: that all right he's blender it was fun i enjoyed it y'all have yourself a good weekend stay tuned for crunch time we're out of here enjoy your baseball holler